Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the ABCs of RPGs, where we teach you the basics of tabletop role-playing games. You've caught us in the middle of our uh, concurrent game, Lancer. Uh, we are currently right in the middle of downtime. We finished kind of our first mission, and now we're kind of going to do some role-playing and downtime activities today. And let's go ahead and introduce our pilots. I'm obviously Spencer, the Game Master, but our pilots are first up, Dalton. Hello, everybody. My name is Dalton. I have he, him pronouns um, for this campaign. I've been portraying Kish Lark, call sign backfire, also he, him pronouns. Uh, he's kind of a mechanic turned pilot. Um, he's always loved big stompy robots as a kid, and it was his dream to get a hold of his own and make sure it was the best damn robot it could be. Um, he was excited to get his first kind of like field test and prove that his robot is in fact very cool uh justin want to introduce yourself yeah hey everybody i am justin uh pronouncing him i'm playing a character called rico manitoba uh who is a uh jet pilot um uh, for the the corporation for the area that I live in. Use your words. And uh, I'm awesome. Yeah. Thank for your life. Nah. Uh, yeah. Die. Why don't you introduce yourself? Nah. Hey, I'm playing Mumtaz Kakmac. Oh, I'm Mike. Uh, I'm playing Mumtaz Kakmac. Uh, and he used to work security on uh, Farfield teams, which are global, not global, universal exploration teams. Uh, and yeah, he just works security and now he works on uh, fire support for our team. So that's perfect. OK, yeah, of course, we have two other players who unfortunately couldn't be here today. We have Ashley, who's playing the uh, well-known Space Penguin loving Titan, uh, who also loves climbing a lot. Uh, Ashley couldn't make it because she had has has work tonight. And then we also have Chris, who's playing Hailstorm or Kabrakim, and I hope I pronounced his name right. But uh, uh, Hailstorm, who kind of joined in on the team as like an expert pilot and whatnot. Uh, Chris ran into some difficulties on the way here, but you know, uh, I, I'm very excited still to do all of the downtime and leveling up for everybody else here and such like that. So. Um, I like to think, well, we'll narrate what Python and Hailstone are going to be up to as well. So, <laughs> but first off, uh, let's go ahead and do our get to know you question uh, for each of our pilots, because I always love to introduce with that get to know you question. Dalton rolled me a D260 and got 230. And that question for your pilots is... What is your, what's your opinion on modern art? What's your pilot's opinion on modern art? Sorry, I have to go through layers. I have to think about what modern art would be like at this point in time. Yeah. Like, did we go back to Renaissance like paintings? Did we go to is it just like at the... Right. Yeah. Like what is what is what is modern? Like, have we moved past like like, are, are the structured, like, like, are we already over and done with, like, the hollow deck experiences? Like, have we moved past that already? Are we in, in weirder shit yet? I'm just envisioning, like, a canvas, and it's just, like, a single color. 
and the the artist is like, no, nah, man, this is it's new pink. We have you haven't now. seen this pink before. This is new pink. It's just more. It's like even further abstract, abstract, <laughs> abstract art. You can in this in this red canvas, you can you can feel the painter's anger. It's it's just red. No, the painter's angry. Mumtaz probably doesn't understand it. Honestly, he's probably like, if you guys like it, like go for it. I I think it's stupid. It doesn't. It's a picture. I, maybe it's a picture, or it's just a fucking canvas of colors. I don't know. I don't understand it. Yeah, like if, each, if I'm being yeah. honest, like Kish probably doesn't care much about any art that's not paint that's not like painted on the side of his cool car. It's not like sick ass car flames. Uh, if, it, if it's not flames making my mech go faster because I painted them on, then it doesn't count. It's not. Then he just doesn't care. He doesn't care care about it. Oh. So even like even regardless of modern art, it's like any art, any art in general. Yeah, Kish is like whatever, whatever. Rico or Mumtaz? Do you, what are your opinions? We told you, Mumtaz, Mumtaz doesn't get it. Get it. I reckon it's uh, the same to the other eye. Any eye. Truth be told, I'm a bigger fan of, you know, the high Baroque period of uh, the Greek. But that's a, more of a physical medium. That's a, you know, focus. Yeah. But uh, in, in terms of modern art, it really kind of depends. You know, you always got to remember the three Cs: color, or the, the, the elements of color, line, form, and, and, and it also depends on the medium. So, you know, I mean, am I pro or against modern art? I really, you know, I think it depends on the piece. Yeah. Does Rico make art himself? No, nah, but they made us take art history. Okay. Like, yeah, I was gonna say Rico is a lot more educated about this than I expected. What? Rico can have layers. Rico. Uh. No. Yeah. Rico. I mean, he did go to like college, but he knew yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah. It was part. It was part of the uh, the general education that he had. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, general yeah. curriculum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, um, who? Let's see here. Who wants to catch us up on last time? What happened last time? I think I can do it quick. All right. Um, so we had been at four. Well, we were sent to find to, to connect with the Ford position. Mm. We ran into a school bus, broken down school bus. So we fixed the school bus and they led us through the back street. So we dodged a lot of, uh, you know, the enemy positions. And uh, then we dropped off the school bus and then we ran into a little bit of trouble. And uh, some of us got pretty messed up, but now we, we met up with the captain. And I mean, not the captain just yet, but you did meet Staff Sergeant uh, Garcia here at Forward Operating Base Saber. And Rio, your ship NHP, uh, told you that First Lieutenant Kim 
had had something to say to you guys, to which he promoted all of you to license level one and gave you a bunch of exotic gear. But the captain, yeah, Captain Bridget Ferris and the Union Ambassador Banerjee is still are still missing. So that's probably going to be the second mission. That's part of the two mission here of the campaign. But thank you, Justin. Yeah. I was like 80% correct. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you, you were 100% correct. There were just yeah. things that weren't there. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, hey. Yeah. So uh, in Lancer, there's there's it, the book lays out five stages of, of every mission. There's briefing, which we kind of went over at the beginning, the preparation, uh, which was kind of like getting your mechs together and and getting gear, using getting reserves ready, which you didn't have before, but you will have the at the end of this session. Uh, boots on the ground, which is the longest step because that was all the combats and everything getting to here. And then stage five, which is ending a mission in debrief. Now we did that at the end of last session, which was Lieutenant Kim kind of like giving you the rundown, saying uh, like here being at forward operating base saber um it actually says that it doesn't have to be in character to do the debrief it can actually be out of character like getting your license level up and and such like that and so that's why especially last week i was kind of narrating like yeah there's this one printer here it's running hot because it's printing out all these fortifications but this is kind of like a safe base where everybody's kind of meeting up right now but um yeah and that's where we left off so we have some very exciting stuff to go over today and that is all everything that you guys get when you level up so if everybody could turn to page 18 let's kind of like i briefly went over it last week but i really just kind of rushed through it to just kind of like talk about it a little bit um the good news is comcom handles comcon handles a lot of this and to everybody who's just turning in for the first time comcon is a free website app that allows you to kind of like manage your whole pilot for Lancer completely off paper, which is really nice because it it does kind of like ease a lot of the 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 everything you have to manage off of that and kind of puts it online, which is great. But you can always do this by pencil. So just uh, to kind for, of for those of us, for you who are watching right now or watch on YouTube later, uh, there is a level up button. So they automate a lot of it. I just found out that there's that there's a level. Yeah. So, what you get from leveling up, if you're looking at page 18, you get to add plus two to an existing trigger or a new trigger at plus two. So what this means is, remember how we were using triggers during the bus bus beam down, right? That's when we were rolling the D20s, adding our different like backgrounds and triggers to it. So some of those were, if if you qualified, which I believe, Justin, you repaired the bus, right? Or I you did. helped repair the bus? Okay, great. I believe you're adding plus two because of your, your engineering kind of background, right? I have, I have pilot skill trigger hack or fix. So there you go. So you can increase that by two to get it up to a plus four now, or you can make an entirely new trigger. So if there's something else that you wanted your pilot to be good at, you can do that instead. So it's one or the other basically for the triggers. You can choose to increase one or get a new one. So. Mm. 
and having that plus four is really nice because if you ever encounter a difficulty, the worst it would reduce it is only by two if it rolled max. So plus four to like a specific thing that you're doing is really nice. So, but um, yeah, everybody make sure you kind of pick uh, adding plus two to an existing trigger or picking a new one. Uh, do you guys have any ideas what you might do with that right now? Or I can just keep going over the leveling up just so we can go through that. Uh, why don't you just run through everything we're going to do and then yeah. we'll go one by one and actually do it all. Okay, sounds good. After you, you work on your, your triggers, you get to add plus one to a mech skill. So if you remember back at the beginning, you got to add plus two to a mech skill or two plus ones to two different mech skills. Now you get to do that again. So the four core stats, da 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 da. Oh, I had it pulled up. The four core stats. Does anybody have the four core stats that are on, uh, on your sheet right now? Um, it's Hall, Hall Agility Systems Engineering. Sorry, I found it on page thirty. So, um, you get to add a plus one to any one of those, and like we like we learned before, Hall is like. Let's see. So for every each point of haul you put in, you get plus two HP. And if you're, it's your second point into haul, you get a, uh, an additional repair cap. For agility, for each point you put into that, you get plus one evasion, which is like how much you can dodge and get out of the way of gunfire. Uh, you get plus one speed for every two points of agility, means you can just move around faster. Uh, you got your systems, which is plus for every point, you get plus one to your E-Defense and Tech Attack. So that's something that Ashley's character, Python, would probably do. Um, or in every two points of systems, you get plus one system point. So that means you get to add in more systems into your mech, which is like the custom paint job and putting in a comp con system and, and getting grenades and such. Um, and then lastly, there's engineering which for every point of engineering, you get plus one to your heat cap. Dalton, I'm not sure if you're gonna go for it, if you want a higher heat cap, but that's that allows you to kind of store more heat without like uh, having that kind of uh, uh, overheating without uh, doing the overheating table. And then for every uh, two points, you get plus one to the maximum uses of any limited systems or weapons that you have. So that's, uh, that's what that does. Mm-hmm. Next up, you get plus one to a talent rank to, uh, to you get plus one to choose a new talent rank or you can improve an existing talent rank. Now, these are the stuff that in the compendium, they start at page 90. This is stuff like Ace and Bonded. Um, I believe uh, Justin, I keep I'm keep using you as an example because I recall all of your stuff so quickly. But you you took the engineer. Um, I did. Talent. It's cool. So you can yeah. bring that up to a level two now if you want to do that, which brings it from just the prototype up to the revision, which is neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then next up, uh, the last thing you get is a license rank to spell and spend on mech talents and licenses. Uh, we've talked a little bit about before. We'll go into more detail here in a little bit, but basically there are four different manufacturers, each with a different mech system. Uh, now, you won't get a new mech frame. There's a ton of mech frames that are there. You won't get a new mech frame until you invest two points into that specific mech. But 
if you put one point in, a lot of them you'll get their, their main weapon that they use. Like for the Raleigh, they have a revolver that they can shoot. For, uh, da -da 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 -da. oh, what was the flame one you were thinking about using, Dalton? Was it the Genghis? You get his flamethrower at level one, I um, think? Yeah, I think that was that one. Yeah, we can go into more detail about that in just a little bit, but that's what that's what you use your first license break into is getting kind of like the first set of equipment and kind of planning ahead at what mech frames you might want to do next, which is cool. Or you just might use the Everest for the rest of the time, so you can just kind of get different weapons or systems that you want to add to the Everest, which is cool. Last but not least, there is a thing called a pilot the, the pilot's grit. Grit is basically kind of like the overall progression system. The more you level up, the more your grit increases, and it's just supposed to be that like your pilot is naturally getting better. So grit, uh, specifically, I'm trying to see, it's equal to one half of your pilot's total license level. So since it's one right now, uh, it, and it's rounded up. So since it's one right now, your grit is just gonna equal one because it's half of that rounded up. So it's just gonna be one. So let's see here. Where is specifically grit? Grit adds a lot of different stuff to, to what you do. So I was gonna try to find, like it adds your HP and everything. Let me find the specific page for grit so we can go over that more in detail. But yeah, first off, while I'm looking for that, do you guys have any questions about how the leveling up system kind of works? Or is there anything that I was going over that didn't quite, that you weren't sure about? Um, no, that all makes sense. Just a couple things to add onto yeah. it. Um, there's like additional, powerful core bonuses that you get at higher levels that come later and get every third level. Um, <laughs> there are very strong core bonuses that like will affect all of your mechs going forward that you can pick. And um, also at any time when you're leveling up, your license level is increasing, you can reallocate any amount of these points into yeah. uh, other bits. So I can take all of my ranks from one of my talents and move them somewhere else to a different talent. Um, I could take all of like my licenses to some other license elsewhere. Like if I decide to put a license level into the Barbarossa and a license level into the Iskander, when I go to like license level three, I can take those two license levels and my third one and put them all into something else entirely and redo my, my whole setup. So. Um, it's kind of, you're not really locked into a strict progression as you pick out these things. Um, if you find that something you picked isn't really fitting well or like working well or working as you'd expect, uh, the next time you level up, you can just cost aside and try a new thing. Yeah. I did find the specifics for grit. So, like I was saying before, right now everybody's grit is half your character's license level rounded up, so it's one. So you add it to attack bonuses, hit points, and save targets for both your pilot and your mech. So now everybody's adding plus one to all their rolls, just right off the bat, which is great. I believe CompCon automatically adds all of that to your mech stats and such like that. Oh, you have to like go through the level of process and comp on and then we'll do it. Yeah. All cool. right. Well, um, what are what were you guys thinking? I'm probably gonna just add 
think I'm going to add a, add to my existing get somewhere quickly skill trigger. I think that seems like broadly useful mm -hmm. and fits well kind of like with what we were doing today. Or well, yeah, today. I think that's just what I'm going to do as I kind of yeah. go focus a little bit instead of going wide. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I was thinking about upping my hacker stick. Getting a new trigger of uh, lead or inspire. Okay, yeah, you were doing a lot of a lot of telling people what to do <laughs> for the mission. It usually worked. I was usually they were doing it. Yeah, following your orders. Cool. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Uh, next, I think, is the pilot talent. Uh, uh, next skill. Or, but, and then, yeah. Well, CompCon is not in that order. CompCon is skill trigger, and now it's on the pilot talent. <laughs> um, so, sorry, Spencer. You you have been um, supplanted by the machine. Oh, uh, it has decided that it is more important, and its order is what matters. It's what matters. Um, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? I, like... The, the pilot talents are all super interesting. And like, I know I had a couple that I was also looking at to like add on to, but I almost feel like it's better to, again, focus and like get a rank. I'm getting rid something. of spotter and I'm replacing it with drone commander. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to upgrade heavy gunner. That's a good point. I could like drop one of these because like I, I had brutal as one of mine mm -hmm. and it's really cool. But I literally never rolled a nat 20 and got it to work. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But at the same time, knowing that uh, we're not going to keep playing and it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> it does matter, Tolton. Sure. I um, mean, we could keep playing. Nothing saying we can't. No, Spence, we have to play Dune next. We can't. I mean, no. We could just keep playing outside of this. Nobody's saying that's against the rules. We could always return. I'd love to return to some of our older campaigns. Can't be done. All the characters. I delete all the files as soon as we No! Um, personally, I'm going to add a rank two onto Nuclear Cavalier uh, because I think that is the funniest one so far. Um, it's fusion hemorrhage. Yeah, fusion hemorrhage. So the first ranged or melee attack roll I make on my turn, while in the danger zone, deals energy instead of kinetic or explosive, and also deals an extra one d six of energy damage on a hit. And I was making I was making use of aggressive heat bleed a lot already. Yeah, like being in the danger zone a lot, and so this feels like uh, one, the most immediately beneficial. And two, it takes me one step closer to just being able to, like, toss my spent fuel rods at people. Here, catch. Love it. It's so awesome. It's just, yeah, it's a main CQB, range of three, threat of three. It deals 1d3 plus two, like, electric. And on attack, clear four heat. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, I just, I, just, I love the description of it. Is Shortly after becoming a pilot, you realized something. That machine you pilot is powered by a series of cascading nuclear reactions. Why not open that compartment up and see what sort of damage it can do? Like, I'm, I'm being powered by a bomb. Why don't I make use of that? 
<laughs> Justin, what are you doing with your character? Um, I think I'm gonna pull back Exemplar. Like, that's, it's cool, but again, with, um, you know, the bonuses that, that we're doing and the way that we're playing, I think if you're playing smart, you don't really need to do a lot of re-rolling, mm -hmm. it seemed like. So, while cool, um, I think it's probably better spent to at least put that one point in uh, Engineer. Yeah. Uh, which gives me um, extra, which gives my prototype weapon, which I actually had to find a couple questions about. So the main, it says main, and it says melee QCB rifle cannon launcher nexus. So this could have been a QCB. Yes, you could have made it as, yes. Okay, because that's cool, because that works with my Vanguard, which gives me a bonus QCB weapon, which is cool because I have track guns. Um, yeah. Speaking of Justin, I did. I do think I'm gonna drop brutal and replace it with a level of vanguard. I think that's more useful. And I was also all in on like close quarters combat weapons mostly, like with mm -hmm. the shotgun. And I think I'm gonna be taking a license license level that gives me another close quarters combat weapon. Yeah. Um, and I am kind of between using the you know the new point that we have to put that just just load up in engineer with um things as my limited use from 1d6 plus 2 to 2d6 and i would do 1d6 plus 4 damage um uh, and revision, I can either choose to make the uh, make it uh, to always get accuracy, mm -hmm. um, and then that combined with my vanguard, if it was a QCD weapon, means I would effectively never miss. Um, either that, or not use that final draft, that third level of engineer, and instead take. Um, Duelist. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duelist is kind of cool if you're using sword. Yeah. I Honestly, while we were playing, I it's like, I don't know, I was similar, Justin, where like I had a mix of close quarters and melee. And I feel like I, like, as I'm thinking about leveling up, I feel like I should focus in on one or the other and not try to do both. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of like that how I was feeling. The range of one on my engineered weapon. Um, I could actually, I could call back the revision, and since I have Vanguard, um, since it's a QCB weapon, I get accuracy from Vanguard, and then I could dump another one into Blade Master, which gives me an. A really good, um, really good. Uh, so uh, once around, when you hit with at the second level of blade master, once around when you hit with the melee weapon, mm -hmm. you gain a blade master die. Um, up to a round of three blade master die, 
with this, you know, these books, and they last until you've expended them or the current scene ends. Um, you can expend them one for one in the following ways. Parry as a reaction when you're hit with a melee attack, you gain resistance to all damage, heat, and burn dealt by the attack. Uh, or deflect as a reaction you when you're hit by the with a ranged attack, you can roll any number of Blade Master die, expending them. If you roll plus five on any dice, you get resistance. Like all damage, heat, and burn. Uh, faint as a free action. You can choose an adjacent character. When moving, you ignore engagement. Don't provoke reactions from your target until the start of your next turn. Or trip. As a quick action, you choose an adjacent character. They must pass an ability save or fall prone. Um, whatever the reaction, you may freely pass through their space until the end of your current turn. Although you can't end your turn in their space. That seems pretty good. Like the, especially the option to like not provoke Overwatch seems good. I ran into a lot of situations where like I was trying to mix shotgun and knife, and I had to kind of like pick between um, taking disadvantage or taking in a a difficulty with my shotgun because I was in melee, or backing up and provoking Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of makes me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll have um, Duelist and Vanguard, and then, you know, I'll keep the shotgun just to have a little bit of distance. I'll maybe switch over, get rid of the UCB to go full, and then have an assault weapon. That might be what I'll end up doing. Mm-hmm. I love that there's so many options. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. tough. And Mike, you uh, you already described your stuff, right? Yeah, so I got rid of Spotter. It sounds cool. Um, yeah. So you- at level one, when an allied character adjacent to you attacks the target and consumes lock-on, they may roll twice and receive either result which sounds great. However, the key part is when an allied character adjacent to you and with being like fire support versus my teammates always wanted to be in the front lines, that never happened. Yeah, you almost need like a dedicated sniper character to like be attached yeah. to. And yeah, oh. unfortunately we didn't really have somebody in that role. Mm. So I want to get rid of that. Um, I ended up doubling down on heavy gunner heavy gunner i think is cool i also never really used it so heavy gunner i gained the covering fire quick action uh which just lets me to have like a reaction to like a quick action or reaction either way it gives me an ability to like shoot people if they start moving uh, which is cool but you have to use it with one of your heavy ranged weapons mm. um and I had a howitzer, which was like not ideal for that. So I think I want to keep it, but this time I'm going to switch my heavy weapon to a rifle. And I'm going to, instead of having like a howitzer as my heavy weapon, I'll just do like a mortar as my main weapon. Um, basically flip them so that way I can still use the covering fire. And I double down that I'm upgrading it. Uh, so if you successfully hit with the covering fire, 
um, the target's immobilized to the end of their next turn. Uh, it sounds- just makes it better. And then the new one was drone commander. Uh, since I ended up using my drones a lot more than I thought, yeah, uh, it gives yeah. my drones plus five HP. And it gives me a protocol which allows me to uh, move the drones up to four spaces. Oh, they get to shuttle about. <laughs> so that way, like as is without it, you just like slap the drone up and it's just kind of there and it's there until it goes away. This way they can move. Yeah. And they're I mean, they're and they're stronger because they have more health. But <laughs> the fact that they can like move if all the enemies in the area are dead. Yeah, it's cool. Scuttle about. That uh, you be able to like react and and attack somebody reminds me a lot of the archer NPCs kind of like abilities because th- that one was doing that in the last battle too, where he was like marking a target and then it would use his reaction to like shoot you and stop interrupt you with like a an attack if you tried to move. So reminds me of that, which is cool. Yeah, specifically the covering fire. If I use a quick action. Um, someone's impaired until the start of my next turn. Um, if they move the target, they clear impaired, but I may attack them as a reaction with a heavy range weapon for half damage, heat, or burn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just gives me more opportunity to shoot people. Yeah. That actually gives me a good idea. I'm, I'm gonna, I, w- I think if we were gonna play again, I would get rid of, um, yeah, that, that Vanguard feature. I'd put, uh, I'd put two into Duelist so I could have that kind of extra sword stuff going on. Keep one in Engineer and then move that final point to Executioner, which, um, once per round when I attack with a heavier, super heavy weapon, which I usually attack with my, like, heavy sword. Um, I can make another attack um, as a free action against uh, another adjacent character. That's it deals half damage, but it's still pretty good because that builds on my duelist speaker of yeah. um, getting Blade Master die. Mm-hmm. I can just spend those, like, you know, as long as I'm hitting, I can just use those like candy. I love that. That's that gives me big um, guts from Berserk vibes, where you're just wing, swinging around a big giant thing of metal and just hitting people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Great. I also didn't realize Technophile was what it was. It's it's just getting an NHP like AI uh, that you get to like can help you pilot your mech, mech and do stuff. And I think that's really cool. Oh, that's cool if you're going to be, like, detached from your mech, like, your character's deal. Because there's other stuff I was looking in the uh, book. Like, you can, if you're on foot and you have the right gear, your pilot, like, in um, Titanfall, you can be yeah. like, up there, like, throwing grenades into, into the cockpit and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, it's cool because even when it's in your mech at like the second rank of technophile, you basically you may reroll once per round. You may reroll any mech skill check or save. And so it, it still helps you when you're in your mech, too. It's like a little bit of like that AI computing kind of helping you out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, yeah. did, did everybody go over their talents? I think so. I think so. 
Great. So what's up next? Is it mech skills or am I wrong twice? Uh, no, I never mech skills. Oh, okay. Okay, good, good, good. What if you your talent? That's super cool. If you're like, oh no, like, I really kind of end up liking this build. Yeah. Or I like this about the build that I had. I, I want to kind of do more of that. Yeah. Uh, I can, like, just call that stuff back. Mm -hmm. And it fits well, too, with, like, if you know, um, sometimes you're you're putting your build together because you are you know your character is going on a certain mission. Um, and yep. they're, they're preparing for that. And then, like, maybe when they finish the mission and they're given more access to stuff, they're being sent somewhere else. Like, maybe I'm on an ice planet and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm being deployed into a city. Um, you can kind of like work that in to your character's like abilities and kind of stay flexible in that way. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just like that you can change all this because like D&D, &D, I like being martial characters, but every now and then I'm like, I kind of want to play a warlock. Turns out I hate my class. I hate it, but I'm stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Best you can do is put one level into it. Yeah, so the fact that I can just like dip my toe in and be like holy fuck i hate this i don't like these skills i don't have to like in in D, &D i would either just kill my character off or write them off or whatever just to start over this way i could just like i don't like this i'm just gonna change it yeah yep, yep. It, it really like narratively i like to think of it as like your pilots are like super skilled like there's a reason why you were chosen to be a mech pilot like and put into these these huge mechanized chassis that like allow you to go and do these cool things and i like to think of like even when you're redoing talents or like you can just rebuild a mech but also like you can change up your strategy like you can be like you know what i'm gonna go from a sniper position i'm gonna close in do cqb stuff i'm i'm gonna make these adjustments so i can do that better that's how i kind of view it so. i will say the pilot skills the fact that you can change those feels weird i agree that like you can change your mech for like oh i'm gonna be in the city i'm gonna be in the forest i'm like here's a different mission you can change your mech you can change your mech skills i get all that when you start changing your pilot skills that gets weird to me because you're just like i just want to be good at beating people up on this mission like, I feel like that's a skill you do or do not have. Uh, it works. It's like we're in the far future. We've got it's uh, uh, like skill chip all sorts of enhancements. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some bad meat, and then there's like little worms that you get that jazzercise your muscles. So if you need to get full up, it doesn't too fast. I love that Futurama episode. <laughs> you, you get my point of what I'm getting at of the like. Some of it feels weird. Yeah, I, I can understand. Like some, you have to, you definitely have to do a little bit of work narratively, kind of to make some of that stuff make sense. But uh, I don't think it'd be too hard because, like, if you put two points in a technophile and then you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't want my NHP anymore. It's like, okay, well, like maybe no, like like it reassigned. Talking, I'm talking like apply fist to faces, like specifically, like your skill trigger. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm an aggressive person today. I like getting in fights and I like being dominant and telling people what to do and taking control. That's great. Mission ends and I go on a different mission. I'm like, I kind of want to be persuasive this time. Like, people to change. me, that's like a personality thing. It's hard to just be like, it's going to change it all. People change over time, especially in war. I, I guess. I think I think you bring up a I good point. Mark, now I got strong. 
You bring up a good point, Nye. I would say it makes more sense with like if you, it, because there's cloning and such, and clones cannot always come back correct and such like that. It would make more sense like if you if your pilot were to be cloned, it would come back that way. But I also like to think it also gives space narratively to kind of like narrate your character's journey that way, right? Like what made them choose to be less of a leadership role and take more of this other role, right? Sure, but then pick like pick one trigger to switch. Don't just like, I just want to scrap it all. Mike, I, it's <laughs> like at, at some point, it's just like, this is just a different character. <laughs> this is just like an entirely different person you're playing. I mean, I mean, it's like it's like it's it's like a, a company. So they like, you know, hired someone up. You quit. Yeah. And they cloned a cloned a new guy. Maybe maybe that's the backstory of one of your characters. They just keep cloning the same. Like you're a previous one just walked away. Yeah. You know, so they had to clone a new one. They didn't even want to. So they're like, yeah. do we just. Oh, but before we detract too much, yeah, let's get back to mech yeah. skills. I think I think mech skills goes pretty quick. Um, yeah, yeah. You have four options. You have four options. What is it and why? Um, I, Spencer, you alluded to this earlier. I do think I'm just going with a point in engineering to get more heat capacity in systems. I mean, like, I was kind of debating it because if you want to play in the danger zone, if you increase your heat capacity, it takes more effort to get into the danger zone yeah and there's a little bit of like ramp up time mm. um but like as i like, and i kind of thought about that earlier but as i was playing it was super easy to put myself in the danger zone yeah. um i had a weapon that added two heat and i could overcharge for a third and that is most of the way there yeah uh i could i could very easily be in the danger zone round two um and not have much worry and I, I felt I spent more time worrying about overcapping on heat than I spent trying to get there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely upping my my engineering. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm actually decreasing my hull. Mm. Um, I am moving that over to agility, and I'm using my new point in agility as well. Um, that extra speed is really helpful, especially when you're doing things like boosting. Um, yeah, you know, getting up close. Eight and um, which, I mean, doesn't sound like a lot, but with the way that these maps are, uh, it's pretty big. The difference, the, the extra two is pretty big. Uh, and then with the hull, I still get to be a little bit tanky. Because two hit points is also... I mean, having when I played, because I had four as we were going through last time, and it took a lot to mess me up. It took a lot to mess me up. Yeah. Uh, like and I, it resets our structures. The recipient of, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, you know, the, the mech saw me charge in and just like down a mech, and then they all started shooting at me sometimes, uh, which is fair. Yep. Yep, they're like, this is our new target now. This is, yeah, this is the big threat, apparently. <laughs> that comes from the side, just down somebody. We have a guy who's literally invisible and he killed him before he yeah. could move, so. Yeah, but get it, being able to get in there, and this also ups the evasion, so like, you know, even better than extra HP is not being hit. Um. <laughs> 
you know, and I don't think evasion three is really going to give me like extra two hit points plus the two evasion is, is like kind of the sweet spot I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I had two engineering. I think I'm just going to add one to agility just so I have the extra plus one to evasion. Yeah, I don't really need the heat cat because I'm not in the front lines. I'm not using any weapons that like add heat. Um, and in the front lines, even if I get heat, I can just like stabilize and get rid of it. And so I already have the plus two to that. I don't really feel like I need more. But considering the first fight, I like died. Uh, I, I want the evasion. I almost went with the mech HP for that plus one, but I'd rather just be harder to hit than assume I'm going to get hit. Yeah. So, we going on the licenses? That's next. I think so. I think so. And this I. This decision. I've been agonizing over this for months. You've had three mechs that you've been kind of going back and forth between? I, I can't pick between any of them. All the mechs are cool, they're all so neat. <laughs> so. Obviously, we have four different manufacturers. Um, you guys have been using the Everest, which is a GMS um, uh, manufacturer, just uh, the general massive systems. Uh, there's IPS Northstar, which their whole backstory is that they are kind of like a shipping company, uh, and their mechs are all geared about like protecting the shipments and such. Um, Gosh, they, I don't know how to, I know how to classify the other ones. I, I'm not sure how to classify IPS and Northstar. They just kind of just like general, are they more tanky, aren't they? I believe. It the looks like all yeah. of the first level weapons are like melee or close, close combat. So that's yeah. it, yeah. It's a bit of grappling, break it, it's a tank. The other one is... Lancaster is a healer, support. <laughs> Yeah, we have to support with like good mobility. Um, the Nelson was this? oh yeah, the Nelson's like a what's like holiday, isn't it? Like a booth Yeah, yeah. Because it's got that pike and it's got like the what bulwark mods, which let it brace better. I think. Mm hmm. Um, I don't know if you're looking at in the book. I don't. I'm not. White scene. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. The license one for the uh, the Nelson is uh, you ignore difficult terrain, which is kind of cool. That is great. Yeah. That's good for a lot of you close combat people. So, so what I think is what I wanted to reference if you're looking in the book is um, each frame has like a descriptor of what role it it, it excels at playing in combat. Mm -hmm. um, so like the we were just talking about the Nelson, it's classified as a striker, which means it's it's good at like getting in fast and doing a lot of damage. Whereas yeah. like the Drake is classified as a defender and it's good at kind of like being more of a tank and soaking damage or getting in the way of things. Mm -hmm. um, and like some are even kind of like hybrids. Like the Tortuga is a is a defender striker hybrid, and it kind of does a good job at like medium range, kind of like it could go either way of those two roles. Um, mm -hmm. But like if you're looking at playing a particular type of character, that can be one way to help um, narrow things down. Like Nine, you want to play more of a support, 
like fire support type character. So like you'd look at controllers or supports or like artillery type frames um, to kind of get a little bit of direction on where you might want to go. Mm-hmm. No, that's good to know that I put it in the book because on CompCon, they just like, I don't like the way CompCon presents these mm. because there, I wish they had a way that you could just at least put like two things side by side and just like compare numbers or just like mm-hmm. do because mm-hmm. right now you can only look at one at a time, which it just sucks like going back and forth. So the fact that the book's like, this is just what this this frame does. Yeah is is handy that's understandable yeah, yeah like not not um having like a compare mm-hmm. is a good is a good good call out i think we'll continue to talk about the other manufacturers but something that's important to note too is that before you go into any of the mechs under each manufacturer there are core bonuses you don't get them until license level three when you invest three points into them but you get a new one every three levels so this is also good to know because if you're investing in one of these manufacturers you get to choose one of these core bonuses to add to your mech so ipn ips and uh core bonuses are on page 127 and they include stuff like a reinforced frame which just you gain plus five hp or slope plating you gain plus one armor uh or even uh, like different types of frames and stuff like that so that's going to be good to know too is that you're like i really like this frame but oh no the horus core bonuses are really cool i better invest in that instead so that's more of like future planning we don't really have to worry about that today but that's just something that's good to know yeah the the reason that's important spencer is because you have to have three license levels in a particular Mm -hmm. company to take one of their core bonuses yes um there there are definitely gms core bonuses that you always have access to mm-hmm. um but if you wanted to take a harrison armory core bonus you have to have three license levels in harrison armory technology um now i i've i've known i've known for a while that i want that that flamethrower mm-hmm. um so i've i'm picking the gang the harrison armory Genghis okay um it's got a flamethrower it's it's a five cone that does a lot of burn damage um and it also gets explosive vents so every time i clear all heat or i take stress it just like burns everybody around me just a little big, explosion a big burst explosion to burn yeah. everybody around me i think that is very cool i i had a hard time picking between the Genghis and the tokugawa um because they're, they're pretty similar in terms of, like, vibes. Getting heat, yeah. In, in that they're both close quarters combat mechs that want to be in the danger zone and play with heat a lot. Yeah. Um. But the cool thing about this is if I ever level up and I don't like it, I can just switch. Or I can take points in both of them if I really want to and yeah. mix them up. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. Nye, Justin, do you have an idea of what you're leaning towards? There's a lot. There's a lot of this, even more so than anything else. So Okay, this this may be a hot take. Yeah. I might stay with Everett. Yeah. I might. It it's kinda great for what I needed to do. That is. 
that its core ability is so solid. If you know you're going into the big fight, mm-hmm. you just turn that on and you become. I mean, it's 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 Super Saiyan mode. Yeah. The good news is everybody's gonna stay with their GMS frame up at least until the next level. So you don't have to worry about taking that too much. The more things, I guess, is just some of the um, the initial license level stats that you can kind of get, which are, it seems to be most of them are just getting like a signature weapon. So, uh, Justin, you talked about getting close and personal and stuff. Like taking license level one into the Nelson, like we were talking before, might help you with ter- like difficult terrain. But you get a war pike as a main me- melee too, which is great. Yeah, that thing is that thing is beastly. And you can throw it. Yeah. Yeah, and you can throw it. Um, Yeah, the thing is... I was looking at that one. Um, I was also just looking at some of the Horus models right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Nye. She had drones. There was one that looked kind of awesome. I forget which one it was. Maybe it's the Gorgon. The Horus is very drone-heavy. Like Uh, we were talking... Maybe the Hydra? Oh no, it's the Baylor. Baylor. We we were talking a little bit about um like what the different companies like gimmicks and like strengths seem to be. Horus yes. definitely seems to like really like drones and like tech attacks. Ah. And like smart weaponry. Type stuff if I'm if I'm like kind of like getting the right vibes from all these things. Is Harrison just about burning stuff? Harrison plays, yes. Harrison seems to have a lot of, like, heat-type things. Yeah. Heat-related Because Smith Shimano Corpo, I was looking through, it seems to be kind of like agile strikers, but a lot of artillery, too, mm-hmm. in Smith Shimano. So. Yeah, they seem to be, like, stealth, fast-moving, um, a good amount of, like, hacking type yeah. stuff, I think, is going on in there. Mm-hmm. I do like that they did a, I think they did a good job like distributing the roles and making sure like each company had like a representation of the different types of roles. Like everybody mm-hmm. has strikers, everybody has artillery, everybody has supports. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of presented differently, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Mike, have you decided? I was looking at the Monarch but that was before you told me like the book has the the descriptions because mm-hmm. the monarch i like at least for the, the first level but it, looking forward it's straight up all artillery which is like part of support but i don't want to just do all artillery mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like so i'm looking at the dusk wing now oh yeah, I mean, one thing uh, to keep in mind, like, is this this is just your first level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could always take that first license level in Monarch if you like its weapon, and then next license level, take that away and put two points into something else. That's true. But, yeah, the, the Duskwing, I think, I don't know, on Thursday, was the Duskwing a smash or pass? It had six arms. I think that made it a smash. I think that was a smash. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think all of us had a had a smash. Oh yeah, because I like the frills, the kind of like loose, like yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Because the Duskwing, you get a quick tech invade option, 
Yeah. And a rifle, it looks like nigh. Yeah, I'm I think I think I'm gonna go with the the dusk wing. Alright. Hell yeah. It looks awesome. I always like to think though, uh, too, that while these are kind of like the frames they show that they can kind of look, that obviously you guys design your own mechs. So if you want it to look any different, you can, but. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. The, the look is like the, the off off the road, like off the uh, assembly line. Yeah. Uh, version of what that frame looks like with like default hmm. loadout. Ooh, actually I'm looking at the frame. Not a big fan of the frame though. Like the actual like stats of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter right now since you're not going to be. Yeah, you could the frame. choose this license level one and then, yeah, redo it. So many options. I think I, I know which ones that uh, that Chris and Ashley would pick. Um, I think Chris, because he likes his missiles, would, ju would choose license level one of the Monarch because you get javelin rockets and uh, as a quick action, and as your main launcher, Sharanga uh, missiles, which is like a range of 15, three explosive damage, and it can attack two of targets at one time. Chris was all about those missiles, so I feel like that's what he would be going into. I was gonna say, like when when Mike, you mentioned the the Monarch, I was like, oh, that's definitely what Chris is gonna pick. Yeah. I feel like he it, would definitely pick like one license level into Monarch. He was all I feel like I like the first license level of it, and I just don't want any more than that because yeah. I specifically like the Sharanga. Because if I'm gonna have a mortar anyways, yeah, this gives me a longer range. It doesn't let me roll die. It's just explosive three damage. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it can target two at a time, it's arcing, and it doesn't have a load uh, tag. Like the mortar has a loading tag that you have to fire and then the next screen load. Fire. This one you just could hit two enemies per turn with it. Yeah. Which is nuts. That is pretty good. You don't roll the, the damage, but like it's just a flat three damage, which isn't bad. I mean, on average, if I had a D6, I would be rolling a three and a half. So it's like it's just an average damage. It's yeah. totally. So I might actually go with one level of the Monarch, knowing that if we played further, I would then pick a kind of like go down more of a controller support path. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I know. So Ashley, I think Titan would probably do, and this is more so kind of a meme. I'm not sure if she would actually do this, but probably choose the Goblin. Uh, that's about that main launcher but most mostly because of the invade options that you get as a quick tick uh it has two different things it's it's puppet system your target moves its maximum speed and direction of your choice uh so like they can you can just run them into like hazardous areas or obstacles and stuff like that um and then eject power cores your target becomes jammed until the end of their next turn as you temporarily disrupt their systems ejecting ammo magazines and cooling rods characters adjacent to them take two electric damage this is going to be used once per scene on each character which is awesome that's so. cool i was thinking maybe she would go with uh it was one of the smith shimano ones it was one oh, of the, really? the weird shaped ones um the yeah the death's head um, the death set. 
Well, yeah, because okay. it gets it gets mag clamps that let her like ignore climbing rules and just oh walk yeah. straight up surfaces. You know what? That is a good point. And she still gets a tech attack thing. So yeah, um, and and it's still another yeah. You get like the the tracking bug with the new like an additional like quick tech to yep. uh kind of like keep track of it. What does that do? Keep track of invisible people, I think. Yeah, on a hit, you know their exact location, HP, structure, and speed for the duration. Yeah. They can't hide and ignore, and you ignore their invisible status. So yeah, basically it's kind of like, it's kind of like scan, but like it stays up so you can always know what's what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I, I would I would guess if she was like, I think Monarch, or not Monarch, sorry, the, the Death's Head would be a good license level one for her. But that's yeah. also like if she wanted to be more like supporty. Mm -hmm. versus i don't know i also feel like she might want to be kind of snipery she she liked doing her smart weapons so. she did like doing the smart weapon yeah all right um yeah i think that's it because we don't we don't get a core bonus and the grit happens automatically like so i think that's our characters yeah. leveled up uh you can find kish in the hangar bay installing all of this new stuff onto his robot for the next day yeah just like <laughs> eagerly like staring at the three at the magic 3d printer printing it all out just like fucking like hand, hands like over his eyes looking in like it's an oven like it's cookies baking it's so excited yeah oh watching the flamethrower get printed piece by piece oh man i'm trying to think of the equivalent of eating cookie dough as you're putting in cookies that he'd be doing like maybe you printed something extra like a little thing that you can just be like messing around with being like oh yeah this is gonna have its function well so. no i mean he's also while this is happening he's putting together his his harrison armory genghis model kit that he bought that's prep comes free with license purchase yeah <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, that's actually, now that we've fully leveled up, uh, we're, that's going to lead us straight into our downtime activities. And so this is pretty cool. Um, I think we should probably take a break real quick before we come back and kind of do our full downtime activities. But um, how this works is it, it on page 53, they kind of talk about it in, in general. Well, they talk about the downtime actions, but you can think it starts on page 50 downtime in general. But there's structured downtime in freeform play. And it's kind of cool how this works because you do choose an activity that you're going to do during downtime that is listed on page 53. And you might get different things. You might get different reserves based on what you do. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be one of those actions, but those are like some strong points to kind of get you started. Like things like get a damn drink or get creative. Like something like that. So, and I like to think that you could also just say what your pilot would be doing in their downtime, and then we can kind of fit it to one of those things as we kind of go through. But uh, then there's also freeform play, uh, which there's something included in Solstice Rain called looking around. Um, we can roll a d20 on a table for things that are going to happen, but depending on what you guys do, there are definitely like points of interest that like if you're already doing something in that area then you're just going to continue to do that but this is kind of important because different things that you do will get you different resources or sorry reserves um they specifically say to share those reserves with your with your pilots 
So that's on page 51 and 52. Those are the normal resources for downtime. But pilots, I'm sharing to you right now the solstice rain res rain reserves. And the reason why this is important is if you want a specific reserve, um, you might want to choose one of these things or like know that, oh, this is like in this area or something like that. Like one of these things is like talking to uh, Vana and such like that. So it specifically does encourage your players to know what reserves they can earn. So that way they choose to do that activity. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a mix of structured uh, like downtime, but as, as well as freeform play. So like we'll act out kind of these things that you guys choose. Um, but also additional things will happen because like I said, there is there is this like looking around including solstice rain, but um, yep. So feel free to go ahead and look at those reserves if you guys want, but I think this is a good time to take a quick break and then come back and uh, do some downtime activities. All right. Well, in a few minutes, bye. Welcome back to the ABCs of RPGs. I'm Spencer, the Game Master, and I'm joined by my players, Dalton. Hello, everybody. I'm Dalton. I have he, him pronouns, and I'm portraying Kish Lark, who also has he, him pronouns, who's very excited about his cool new flamethrower that he just got permission to use. The next time anybody pisses him off, uh, people are going to get lit up, and it is going to hurt. Uh, Justin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Justin, and also he, him pronouns. I'm playing a character called uh, uh, Rico Manitoba, uh, who also has him pronouns. I got a spear. Yeah. From the Nelson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Mike, he, him. Uh, I'm playing Mumtaz Kakmak, and Mumtaz just got like a cool new mortar it's it's different than a normal mortar it can hit multiple people and i don't need to reload it that's all around absolute badass <laughs> perfect so yeah it, we got word chris uh should be joining us in a little bit you might see our stream act a little bit weird as we kind of get everybody into place but he uh finally is able to make it in so we're very excited to kind of have him join the fold but if you're joining us now we are playing the lancer we are playing lancer the tabletop role-playing game uh we're in the middle the directly in the middle of the solstice rain campaign uh, the first mission has ended uh the we're pilot in the middle of the whole campaign Sorry. Yeah, there's a whole another mission. No, I, I'm surprised that there's only two missions. Is was more what I'm. Yeah, Solstice Rain is set up to be like the starter set type adventure. Okay. Um, it takes you from license level zero, one, and two, um, across like two quick missions. Um, okay. There's like three other like more expansive, like pre-written campaigns that Massive Press has done, and there's all sorts of like homebrew stuff people have written. Uh, no yeah. room for a wallflower is the like premiere like that was the first one adventure and i don't know how much one to five one to five sorry i'm just used to D D for like years of yeah. campaigns we've been playing we've had four three four-ish hour sessions and we're halfway done that's nuts you can, can knock this out in like a week yeah uh, you know i i can 
this will be more so covered in our post-campaign discussion, but they leave story hooks as a DM at the end to allow you to keep doing more missions on Presidium. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. You're, you could be like, all right, things are wrapped up, let's get out of here and do a different planet or something like that. So there's definitely options. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for more something longer, no room for a wallflower, like we said, zero to five. Uh, that's like five missions in there. Um, on top of that, uh, we did find out that no room for a wallflower, apparently that was their first adventure and people gave feedback that it was not tough enough. So, it, and then they made, and then they made Solstice Rain. So if you guys feel like it's a little bit tougher, that's, <laughs> That's the reason why. It is an intro introductory campaign, but it is supposedly a lot tougher than No Room for a Wallflower. So. <laughs> Anywho. So, back to our downtime. So, where you last left off, um, you got you got promoted by Lieutenant Kim uh for all of your different for all your license level to be increased so you guys have access to this new gear um the printer is located inside this main facility here so if you guys are still looking at the map ford operating base saber uh i believe i mentioned this before but is a refitted um manufacturing automotive manufacturing facility amount amanta motors uh which was ran by Ivana Mayhew. Uh, she was their factory's chief engineer. Um, currently, there is one a, what, a GMS Schedule 1 printer that is here that was supposed to just kind of show off the, uh, what what uh, this planet would get uh, by coming into Union's fold. And now it's currently being just you constantly churning out like building materials and fortifications. So it's running hot. So uh, I know that um, Dalton, you said Kitsch was like, he's like eagerly awaiting, like face pressed to the the the, the printer and watching mm -hmm. things get printed. I like to think that all of you, maybe as you go up to the printer to get something scheduled, there's like a scheduler there who takes all of you down and goes, okay, I can fit you in. You, you get three o'clock. You gotta show back here at three o'clock. If it's 305, you do not get in. And he's like quickly taking down notes. He, he says that and he said, don't worry, I will wait here until then. And I go find a, a chair yeah. like three feet from here. Um, ready. Yeah, Rico, Rico says, yeah, me too. And he pulls beers out of his jacket. You have no idea where this is taking. They're cold. I, I imagine Rico just has like a like a mini. Oh, oh probably in the mess. Yeah, it's not like shit. Yeah, for sure. The beer fridge. Oh, he's got a he's got a bottle cap over like bolted inside yeah. the thing. No, it's cool because there's just a little bit of space between the plate and then it's right next to the um the coolant manifold. That's what the per. That's what if you put personalizations, are your mech mech is? It's just a mini fridge and bottle openers everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Anywhere you could fit a, a lever, there's one. <laughs> Three beers. Yeah, right? my, my my personalization is the GMS printer, except it only prints beers. <laughs> cold beers. Cold beers. How they become cold? We don't know. I haven't questioned it. Who, who am I to question God? <laughs> yeah, right. Like the, the they they're supposed to print beers. I'm supposed to have to cool them down. They come cold. I don't. So I mentioned this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, go for it. So I mentioned this before before our break. Uh, uh, Lancer kind of has structured downtime ac uh, uh, actions and freeform play. So what I'd like to do is before we go to the freeform play action, which is the looking around in, in Solstice Rain, I, I do want to kind of find out what each of your pilots are doing during the structured downtime active actions. Um, just like we were describing before, this is still very free, free flowing. Anything outside of mech combat is kind of like you get to choose what you want to decide, kind of free flowing. But there is some provided structure to kind of see how things could kind of guide you through it like getting a damn drink um get creative all that kind of good stuff and everything so i wanted to kind of see what you guys would generally be doing and think of it like this if you want a time frame for these activities um you know you'll you'll probably get it's probably going to be another 24 hours before you get like your next mission so your pilot has that time to kind of do you know do what you want to do in your downtime um think of it like eight hours for work eight hours for rest eight hours for what you will so uh wonderful yeah so does anybody have an idea about did they want to choose any of the downtime activities located in page 53 i like to think that all of you definitely scheduled your parts maybe you, you have like a like a card table set up you're all kind of gather around this like hot printer that is steaming um it's starting to rain outside like it was it was it, it hadn't started dripping before you saw clouds on the horizon but now it's it's starting to pitter patter as the hangar doors are open to kind of like let like let the hot air from this printer that's just churning out materials kind of uh, come out. So I think we just got a message that Chris is joining, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll let we him know we're on. Perfect. Do we, do we need to take a quick break to like set up our cameras and everything? No, he's, we're gonna have to do it live. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you can't like edit one view while you're actively streaming another view, so. Um, oh, here it is. We're gonna look weird for a second. Please, yeah. please. Ah! No. Golden, fix it. No, ah. nigh, nigh. <laughs> he's he's working. He's working harder than this Schedule One printer right now. Okay, you gotta give him a second. Yeah. So you guys keep keep doing your thing while uh, Chris logs in, and I. Uh, Welcome, Chris. I can I can actually catch Chris up while you're you're fixing everything. So. Uh, Chris, so what we've done so far, uh, we have leveled up. So if there should be a level up button in CompCon, if you want to yep. do that, you get your first license level in a mech as long as with your all your other stuff. So that's going to be like a weapon. Uh, you don't get a frame till your second level, but you yep. get kind of like weapon systems and stuff. We thought out of all the mechs, you might like the the um, Let's see here. It's called the. It's a the monarch. The monarch. It's the Smith Shimano Corpo. You were doing a lot so of missiles, so we thought, yeah. You would. You would think that, but. Uh, so I think it's called the. Yeah, it's called the Viceroy. It's um. It's from Dustgrave, which is one of like the massive press expansions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but and I think it's honestly I think it might be kind of broken, because uh, it lets you treat all launcher weapons all launcher weapons including like uh you know main and heavy and super heavy as cqb weapons with threat three so you combine that with vanguard and all of a sudden your launchers have uh if you get vanguard level three with this yeah any any launcher weapon you have can be used uh to take 
uh, uh, like Overwatch reaction shots when something just moves in your range of three, not just like leaves it, but like moves through it at all. Yeah. So there's like some really broken stuff. That sounds insane. Is that a license level one thing, or do you have to like work your way up to that? Uh, it would be license level two for the frame. Got okay. Because I, yeah. I know some moving into. I know some of the frames from like supplements because I was looking at um, the Enkidu, which is in no Room for a Wall And it's really cool, but it's like, it's described as an exotic version of the Tokugawa. So like you put oh. your, your license level points into like the Tokugawa's license levels and you have yeah. to like work to get access to the Enkidu variant of the <laughs> Tokugawa frame. So, because I know that if you put the license level points into CompCon, you just unlock both frames at license level two on the Tokugawa. Interesting. I don't know. I, yeah, I was just kind of, that might all be heresy, because I haven't actually read through like how Wallflower yeah. works, <laughs> and, like that whole adventure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, actually, right, the, the CompCon, like compendium entry says the Enkidu can be taken at rank two of the Tokugawa license instead of the base frame. So I guess you get one or oh. the other. But it is weird, it doesn't have this own like track of license level for like some of the DLC stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's super cool. Um, from there, yeah, we were just about to just do more. Uh, so we just went over, we kind of explained what we were doing for like our new triggers and, and, and talents and such like that. Uh, Nye kind of did, I think, Mo everybody except Dalton kind of well no everybody kind of refitted a lot of their talents they wanted to respec mm -hmm. a lot of different things just Makes after sense. experimentation I would say um, I think at most we only swapped out like one thing each yeah <laughs> um I described kind of the scene that uh you're kind of entering in is that basically every there's a very uh the printer is just running materials out so they had to get scheduled in by a very impatient worker um and currently everybody has unfolded kind of like a little card table and are eagerly waiting for their mechs and such to be printed but mm -hmm. uh i i'm sure you've read too chris but there is structured downtime actions and freeform play uh solstice rain has a little bit of the freeform play that we're gonna kind of do it's called looking around but go ahead and on page 53 there are downtime activities that everybody can do to try to get different resources uh chris i shared with everybody the solstice rain resources i'll share it again so when you uh if you're in roll 20 you can see that but basically it does encourage uh me to share reserves with with everybody so you can kind of yeah. see like oh i want to go for this reward or i want to try to do this and i can kind of set up a, like your your downtime activity to kind of be aligned with that if you weren't sure but um yeah does anybody have an idea of what they want their downtime activity to be so you said we're only really like if we're doing one of these downtime actions yeah. That, like are to find something or get something we have to pick from this reserves table uh i would say no okay I, this is just an additional reserve table you can also use the reserves tables in the main lancer core book because mm -hmm. like these you, you were kind of mentioning like are results of your like just looking around the base trying to interact with stuff yeah separately from the downtime actions Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no. Sorry. I, I misunderstood you. These are reserves that you could all get instead of the normal reserves. 
by choosing a downtime activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, but so like some of these say like name what you want. We can name mm-hmm. something from this table. Yes, exactly. Okay. Trying to think. This the golden ticket where we get a piece of exotic gear. We are do we already have access to all those because we did such a good job? You have access to all of those. So if you wanted the golden ticket, I would probably rule it as like when you when you get access to those exotic gears, you only get like one print for each one. Yeah. I guess I would say if you wanted that specifically, you could have two prints. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I was going to use any of it. Yeah, I wasn't. The only one that was was Ashley was going to use that like uh, invisible thing. Yeah. There was a, like a nexus, a really cool yeah, nexus, nexus in there. Yeah. Yeah. XC-DPM Predator Nexus. And I mean, the rifle seemed like a strict upgrade on like if you were using an assault rifle. Yeah. You may as well use that exotic rifle we got. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if you guys are still taking time to do your reserves, we can always do the looking around um, activities as well, because that also might spark your interest in what you might want to do for your downtime activities or your di- downtime actions, I should say. So if anybody wants to explore a specific part of the base, just as the looking around, I can read some of the stuff that uh, or basically kind of set up the kind of stuff that you're doing. Or, uh, if we're looking around, we can also roll a d20, and uh, there's 10 different outcomes that could kind of happen as you're kind of doing stuff. So, if you want to roll the dice, or if you want to initiate something that way, we can always do that, too. Okay. Um, if nobody else has any ideas, I think I can I can get us started. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay. Um, so, I wanted to scrounge and barter to get my hands on some hot load ammunition. Okay. I think that's what I want to do. Um, So when you scrounge and barter, you try to get your hands on some gear or an asset by dredging the scrapyard, chasing down rumors, bartering the local market, or hunting around. Um, You might want some better gear, vehicle, goods, narcotics, or other sundries, but it needs to be something physical. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be on the gear list. But if you get it, you can take it on the next mission as reserve. So I name what I want and roll, basically. Um, so I'm saying that I would like some of this fancy ammunition. And I'm rolling a d20 to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I rolled a 17, which uh, on a 10 to 19, you get what I want, but choose the price you need to pay. Either time, dignity, reputation, or health, comfort, and wellness. Um, choose, choose dignity. I kind of want to. I kind of want to choose dignity, just to see what Spencer would make me do. I mean, you were looking for hot loads. I know. Like, I think, like, I, that's that's part of why I did this is is to to continue the through line of of backfire being unintentionally lewd with the way he words things. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, so sure, Spencer. Uh, for for the benefit of everybody here, I will I will, I will give up some some dignity to get my hands on some of this hot load ammunition. 
hot load animation. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's particular places that stuff is around or ideas you had, but let's do this thing. Uh, so for the most part, uh, it's it's currently raining outside in this open base and everything. So it's it's pretty and it's it's the the road is kind of like a dirt road, so it's not really freshly paved. Everything's are moving about. It's wet if you go outside, and it's an active battlefield beyond the 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 baseline, right? Like there's still fighting going on in the city, so it's not like it's not clear at all. Mm -hmm. um, and things are still a little tense, but like there are small pockets that you can kind of like still like relieve tension and kind of go around the base and everything. I like to imagine that everything you you probably won't stray farther than the base borders, but you're kind of looking around trying to see, oh, where can I get this hot hot load ammunition, right? You're like, mm -hmm. who can I talk to? Uh, where you spot a group of another group of pilots, um, kind of like all chatting amongst each other underneath kind of like a over like just like a building overhang kind of blocking the rain and such like that. And you think to yourself, oh, if anybody's gonna have some hot load ammunition, it's gonna be some other people who brought it from the real ground. Right. So, you go up to them probably, and uh, I would imagine just say, "Hey, I, I, I want yeah. some hot load ammunition." Yeah. Yeah. Like I go in, and I'm I'm being upfront. Just like I, I I say like I'm a pretty big deal. Uh, I people know me. Um. I just I just did a pretty important uh, hot drop and rescue uh, to get here, um, and I don't know what's coming next, but I know I'm going out on another mission. Um, and there's a lot of people out there with with some heavy armor, and I think you guys might be able to help me out. So you run into um, you recognize these three pilots. It's Hell it's yeah. Rex, Crash, and Bark. Great um, names. Rex, Rex is is the leader of the group. He has his hair kind of like up in a big um, pompadour. Yeah, he has like a big kind of like front facing like heavy heavy load of his hair um, that you don't know how he he must redo every time he puts his helmet on or something. But they're all just kind of like sitting there underneath the outhang. They go, oh, oh Kish, you really just want to get some hot load ammunition, huh? Yeah, that's what I asked for. You're gonna get. You're gonna give me your hot loads or not? Look, you're. You think you're the top top-ranked pilot of this town? I don't think so. Me and my gang, we actually cleared out. What'd you say? You you did a big mission. What'd you do? Um, I mean, I could I can look through the mission report, but I must have taken out at least five guys on that we, last mission. We we took out ten each. So yeah, what do you say to that. Prove it. Well, Proof, that proof. was the first battle. Yeah, that was just I took out five. Yeah, five a battle. We had four battles. That's that's that's, that's twenty what? guys. That's twenty guys I took out. Yeah, and I could still keep going if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Twenty, not twelve. Right. Keep talking yourself up, but we all know the real reason you're coming to us, because we have what you need. Yeah, those low. We're just not gonna give it to you for free. Wait, let's pull rank on this dude. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Just remember the scenario, Justin. I'm explicitly giving up dignity to get this ammunition. Well, well, that could still happen. Yeah. That could still happen, oh. though. I, I have a way to kind of work this in, but, but. Um... Dignity's not mutually exclusive with Justin's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Justin. 
Yeah, so how are you? How it's are fair. Yes, yeah, so as El Diablo sees this, he comes in. Demand that you kiss that man's boots and get us these parts. Do you what the what El Diablo? What are you doing? You're not even my supporter. Order. Fine. So that's a Rex. Rex, if I do this, will you give me the ammunition? Oh, absolutely. And he grins and his two hunkies go like <laughs> they like chuckle like very badly in the background. Fine, I'll, I'll do it, but only because I, I'm I know it doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, this is this is stupid anyway. Um, and so I I get on I get on my knees and I kiss I kiss his boots. Uh, are they at least clean? I try to like clean it off first. I take my rag out of my back pocket and I like wipe it. Yeah, because of the rain, it's definitely muddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. It, Sorry, Dalton. Yeah. You're good. I got I got what I wanted. But uh, yeah, as soon as you do that, um, basically Rex goes. <laughs> Bark has some extra hot loading ammunition. We'll we'll arrange it's 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 delivered to your mech whenever it's done printing, and they all kind of storm off. Perf. Let's go. Um, Damn, you, you could have gotten the blueprint for it. Instead, you just got a load or two. I don't think I could get the blue. I don't think I'm allowed to get the blueprint for it. As this happens, this is a perfect thing for uh, a look looking around situation. So I'm going to go ahead and have this kind of play out. So instead of having you roll or anything, basically, as soon as Rex and his boys stroll off, right? Um, you, uh, you hear from like the distance and I, I know it's, it's Backfire and El Diablo, Kish and Rico who are here, but, but, uh, if Mothman or Mumtaz or, or, um, Hailstorm, Capricorn, did I pronounce that right, Chris? Capricorn? Kim? Uh, K, K, Brackeen. K, Brackeen. If, if you guys want you to be included in this, you're, you're welcome to be in the situation as well. But, uh, Dalton, uh, Kish hears about time you showed up uh and as you kind of spin around you notice it's another chassis pilot from the real ground uh you recognize her as naya renald um and they are like wide grinned happy rushing over to you not even noticing the rain mm-hmm. uh they seem to be just kind of happy to see you get back um but one thing out, out of everything they are in a very happy mood to not only see you but the fact that she is missing her right arm uh and it's it seems to be like a newly like parts of her like um uniform is like just hanging like scratched off or like singed i would say and she comes over she actually goes over to like shake her hand she goes oh whoops sorry uh it's new uh, i'm so glad you're here you made it yeah yeah no, I, i'm wiping like mud off my face you didn't you didn't see any of that did you if I say no, would that make you better? Um, I think so. I think I think it would. Let's just move past that. Uh, no, see a thing. Great, <laughs> great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to see you're uh, mostly in one piece. Can I say that? Is that rude? No, no, it's fine. They're gonna grow me a new one. But um, yeah. Uh, actually, I was thinking. Do you think I should go for robot arm, or should I just get a new one? Oh. I know, right? That's tough. Robot, Robot arms, arms are getting pretty good nowadays. Yeah, 
You yeah. can get all sorts of extra stuff added onto him. I think you should go robot arm. Like even because like even if like you decide you don't like it, you can always get a new bio arm printed like made later. Switch it yeah. back out. He turns to Rico and you said Rico is a cyborg, right, Justin? That's like what you actually did. Oh yeah, yeah. He has he has like eye implants. Okay, cool. So she turns to Rico and goes, "How are you liking your new parts?" Your parts, I should say. Should I go cybernetic for this guy? Oh, I can't really instruct you on how to live your life to the fullest. That's not in my, my realm. I did make uh, a man kiss another man's boots earlier, though, so maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, go cybernetic. Do what okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, what what happened to you guys? Like, uh, it, I I heard that you were able to shoot down one of those rainmakers. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're not gonna make it rain shooting down rainmakers. You're not gonna believe this. Like, we got we got shot down on the way in. Did that happen to you guys? Uh, well, no, actually, we managed to circle around the thickest anti-air and we touched down safe. But we were ambushed by a sovereignty force. Um, I. I think they must have been spec op. They looked like they were hunting something. One of them just vanished into thin air when we returned fire. Real freaky shit. Um, but before they vanished, they actually shot what, it was like some sort of like laser beam, took out half my mech and she points over to her mech, which is also missing like that side of, of it. It's just like laser beamed off, like completely gone. Jeez. Um, yeah. And she goes, well, if you guys see them, you should watch yourself. Just make sure they don't fire it at you. Yeah, do we, do you have, I don't know of any like mech sized weaponry that can do that. No, it was, the mech that was outfitted with it, it was pretty big. They were hefting that thing. Mm -hmm. It was not easy to pull off, but that's why I was so surprised they were able to get out so quick, so. That's wild. I'll have to ask Rio about this and see if she has anything in her data banks that she can. Pull. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you guys made it back. Let me know if you uh, have any more trouble with Rex and his cronies, okay? Oh, I got what I wanted out of him. It's fine. Well, fair is fair then. All right. <laughs> she kind of waves to you as she like skips along off. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that was a downtime activity paired with that looking around. So cool. Uh, do you, does anybody else have an idea of what they want to do? I'm good. I yet? figured I was going to sign off. Uh, I'll just shut down the stream. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> I got, I got my, I got some hot loads and I'm out. He's got, he's got to sign off so he can go trade his dignity. <laughs> we can't do that on stream. Yeah, that's a, that's a different. I'd have to change the tags. I'd have to add a different content classification. <laughs> um, hey, Spencer, what what page is the yeah. time activities on? Page fifty-three is the list of like suggested activities. But if there's something that you're like, ah, well, I feel like my guy would be doing this, 
we can just kind of like it doesn't necessarily have to be this specific downtime action we these are just provided actions if that makes sense it says use these ones as starting points so they can always be something else if you want to have your pilot do something different um in their downtime a good way to think about it from like a role-playing standpoint is like well what would what would be my pilot be doing in the, in their free time if they don't want a specific resource uh or sorry reserve like the ones that i showed if there's a specific reserve that you're looking for you can always just say like hey spencer I, w I want that reserve is there anything i can do to get that and then i might help you kind of like role play that out but if if you just want to start from like a purely role-playing standpoint and be like ah, oh, what if i my pilot would be i don't know i feel like he'd be getting creative and and i don't know painting or doing something like that but yeah so hmm. I, I was gonna go with getting focused getting focused all right um mumtaz he, he actually has a, a a secret guilty pleasure he likes to garden so he's probably just reading a book on like gardening stuff but he's trying to like you know not openly talk about the fact that he's like gardening because he's in an environment of like ex-mercenaries military-esque people yeah yeah that he's probably like trying to be off in a corner just like reading a book or whatever the future year 5000 equivalent of books is yeah you could think of it as like you can still get your hands on like a physical book but i would say most readings done on like tablets like kind of like imagine like star trek looking tablets that are like see-through that you can kind of pull up like, yeah sure like, he's whatever medium is normal he is the medium he's using cool. it's just like on gardening and anytime anybody comes over and is like hey man what are you looking up he's like like switches tabs a porn cool stuff not 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 anything lame <laughs> ah, definitely not how to grow a potato porn very easy oh what kind of porn no you wouldn't like it it's whole age porn real so where do you think you're doing this are you still in like where the printer's at would you be like doing this like uh, kind of next to the printer because the printer's probably pretty isolated. Most people are kind of out in places that are not extremely hot, especially with the heat coming off of this. If you're looking for isolated places or there is, uh, well, you, you could kind of like look around and find different places to read and everything. I, I imagine that in the, in the, where the printer is, there's like a garage or something that just like yeah. lets the heat out. Probably just like sitting in that space, like, have the have the nice rain in the background it's nice and toasty inside nobody's bothering me yeah perfect and uh so yeah with with get focused um basically i get i get to give your pilot a new plus two trigger based on the practice and training so what kind of uh books were you reading was anything it's literally just like gardening just like vegetable gardening yeah um then you could you could you could get a plus two trigger for for gardening then oh, oh yeah that, that seems super super easy to do hell yeah plus two to just all vegetable related activities right fuck you and your hot load <laughs> i can i can grow eggplants <laughs> oh 
I do like to think that at some point, um, while you're kind of like flipping through this book and everything, maybe, um, maybe you, it, it does get a little bit too hot. So maybe you do kind of look for a new place to kind of, um, uh, f uh, like a little cooler place to kind of read your book in private. So I like to think that your quest for that location that's kind of secluded, but with with um, with kind of like a place to read by yourself, you it takes you to probably the roof of the main factory complex. Uh, there is there seems to be kind of like an, a little bit of an overhang and like a balcony that you can kind of look out and you kind of stumble out there. And then as you look through the door, you do see several so soldiers in rain ponchos who are stationed on the lookout. Um, so it has a little bit of overhang, but not enough to really protect a lot of them from the rain. But as soon as maybe you're like about to back away uh, and one of them calls out like, hey, before you go, you got a light? Uh, pro actually, probably because I wasn't with them in their last conversation, but I actually do have a mechanical arm. I imagine it probably like just one of my fingers is just like, or better yet, it's the it's the new fucking lighters that had like the zapper. Oh, it's a plasma you know, lighter. Yeah, I just imagine like my thumb and like uh, yeah, you, pointer you, finger. Yeah, you put them together. It just like does a does a, a like a like electricity yeah, just, between them. Yeah, I just walk over and just like touch their cigarettes, basically. They 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 um take a deep breath in. They kind of let out the smoke and they gesture actually to the uh, the explosions going on in the city and everything. And they say, "Man, take a look at this shit." Um, he, uh, one of them actually hands his binoculars over to you to look through. And if you do look through, you can see that the city is illuminated in light amplified uh, greens that bloom white with distance, uh, distant explosions. Gunfire pops and streaks across the sky at night, uh, at the, across the night sky. You can just make out dark mechanical shapes stalking between the buildings. Um, as you kind of take a look through there, uh, the guy uh, who you probably initially who initially kind of called out to you goes, I'm Frank, by the way. Vicky, Sal. Mumtaz. Hey, you're from uh, from Union, right? Yeah, uh, we just came down. Well, my, my fire team's not here, but we just came down from the Rio Grande earlier today uh, after we got shot down. So that was that was cool. That was a rough awakening. Yeah. Well, do you guys know, like, who who's fighting who? Like, I mean, I get like the general gist of it, but like, how do because you guys are with Union, too, right? Like, how do we play into this? Uh, so Vicky actually inhales like a like a kind of a big puff on her cigarette, tosses it at the ground and kind of stomps it real quick. Uh, you actually recognize that these soldiers are not from Union. They're they're from the uh, the LSA. Uh, and Vicky spurts out real quick. She spits on the ground. She goes, "No, those sovereignty bastards came in here. We're from the LSA. Thought you you knew that." Uh, I'm meeting a lot of people today. It, I'm gonna be honest. Again, I was in space a couple hours ago. I got shot down. Had to kill some people. It's been, it's been a day. 
and I don't even really know the whole political landscape. And that's not like no no bashing on you guys. Like you guys got your thing. Like that's that's cool. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know how I fit into this. And it's Mothman not like the shit that you doesn't guys get help where time. I can. What? I say, Mothman, you definitely don't get the Omni hook next time. <laughs> she she pokes you in your chest, and she she starts kind of like getting really upset. She goes, well, I don't give a shit that you don't know what the fuck's going on. It's your fault that this is happening. You came down here trying to get us into Union, and now these fucking commie bastards are rolling in here and taking over our city and killing our people. This is your fault. She storms off. Um, as she kind of, like, goes through the same door uh, uh, that you entered in. Frank, like, takes another puff of his cigarette. He goes, don't mind her. Um, she uh, lost her husband earlier today. So uh, can't say she's having a, a good day. Yeah, I. Yeah, don't don't really know how to respond to that one. That sounds like a, she probably had a worse day than I did. Not going to lie. Um, she's probably just taking it out on on you, obviously, but no, nah, man, I get it. Shit happens. Yeah, I, like I said, I want to help. I just like. I've yet to know the best way for me to do that, and I'm open to suggestions. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the best in sovereignty, it's been a cold war between Elsa and them for a while. <laughs> I think, much like Vicky just said, this probably the introduction of you guys coming and trying to bring us into the fold uh, turned into a hot war. So I think the best thing you can do now is probably get your uh, get your captain, probably get out of here. We'll try to sell this ourselves. Hey man, if if you, I'll do what I can. If you guys think that's best, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push back. Yeah. Uh, and don't mind uh the slurs she was throwing. I I'm not even sure she really knows what she's talking about right now. So. Or Kami. Yeah. So. I. I didn't realize that was a slur, but okay. Yeah. He pats you on the back. He goes, "Thanks for the light." Anytime, man. Literally, and I like make my fingers that. I thought I thought that was a boop him on the nose kind of thing. <laughs> no, it's my. I kiss him on his face. <laughs> this is how we say goodbye in Union. You you don't have to say goodbyes. I'm I'm curious I'm curious about the the Kami thing because like out of out of character like knowledge of the world. Yeah, like we're. The union, the third union, and the current like universal government and just the universe in general is we're like actively recovering from like corpo fascist yeah. rule at this point, right? Right. Okay. I was just making up stuff. So oh, okay. I, was I wasn't saying. sure if that was like a quote. Oh, no. Your idea of a villain is a communist. Damn. Really show your colors. Yeah, I, I was so, I was just kind of kind of confused that like the union I guess would be siding with the people who would fight communists, which like yeah. the capitalists on the planet. That seems yeah. odd to me. Spencer just really wants to go back to like this the second uh, directive or whatever. Yeah, I, I as I did I didn't realize that Marx killed that guy killed that chick kid chick's husband or whatever. 
my brain so obviously it, it, in the in the campaign it kind of sets it up where it kind of it seems like even though it doesn't directly say it does seem to be a, a allegory to kind of like a cold war between the u.s and, and soviet russia mm -hmm. just back in the day just with how they kind of set it up so i think that's where my mind kind of went you know it could mm -hmm. just be uh like i don't know if i want to try to go with this what i kind of think as like a flub in my my me kind of like having to respond to stuff uh we could we could say that um maybe that's one of while the lsa has been welcoming to union maybe they don't fully agree with the government practices that uh that they employ so it's also could be playing propaganda it's like mm -hmm. i feel like so far we've only got the lsa side of things and so that's like the side we're kind of coming in to help yeah, yeah. so you know what maybe 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 the Sovereignty is the good guys and the LSA is the bad guys. They do apparently have the cooler lasers. <laughs> and when is the bad guy ever had cooler lasers than the good guy? Name one time. Name one time. Green, green's kind of cooler than red. Excluding all of the Star Wars movies, name one time. <laughs> it's not all of them. They Didn't they flip it at one point? Like the, the prequels or something like flipped it for some reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're cool now. Got an animated show. Uh, so yeah, that was so. Once again, that was a, another um, kind of like downtime activity with that. Uh, and yeah, your reward was that. Oh, you know what? Hold on, you get a reserve as well. Uh, let's see. Before you go, Frank kind of like grabs you or sorry sal probably uh kind of grabs you and goes hey by the way i left something downstairs uh if you're going back up there to um help us out you're gonna need some extra stuff it's a recon drone so take that with you when you go back out okay won't say no to that cool so that is the five to six reserve and uh yeah it's pretty cool so there you go at the start of each combat, choose a single hostile target within range 50 and scan them. So we basically just get a free ID on somebody yep. we see on the map. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. It's also nice mm -hmm. that it's range 50, because that way it could just like not even be in combat. I mean, that was pretty useful when Axel did that in one of the combats. Oh yeah, uh, her yeah, yeah. Her, her core power usage really gave us a lot of good info. Yeah. All well, right. This one's also isn't it once per turn? I think it's at once at the start of combat. Mm -hmm. Okay. The thing you just got. Yeah. Okay. Justin, Chris, do you have any idea of what your downtime action is gonna be? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I I think I know what I would do. Um, I would probably, because my goal would be to get the reserve of being able to add armor. Oh yeah, upping your armor. Okay. Yeah. I um, would, yeah, go ahead. So I don't know if I, I could do it with getting creative or also maybe, um, maybe getting connected. And going to like the quartermaster or something. Power, power at a cost is kind of like a generic 
I want to get something. Yeah. I would say power out of cost would work. Um, okay. Because what I did, like, had a chance of failure. Kind of. Or, like, it gets, it's, like, weird, where, like, if I roll low, it's kind of bad for me to have it. Power at a right. cost is just, like, you'll get it. It's just kind of, like, up to the GM. Uh, like, if there's any consequences or anything weird about it. Like, mm -hmm. GM just kind of, like, directs you to where. So, like, Spencer, if it's one of the look-around actions. Yes, it is. It might be a good idea to just run that one. Yeah. Okay. So, well, whatever you feel is necessary, then I'm fine with. Yeah, I would like absolutely. To, I would like to summer up my... So it's probably going to be, I think the thing that makes the most sense is that uh, you get it, but um, it's going to fall apart damn soon because it's just, ar it's temporary armor. So you're making plus one armor for the duration of the next mission. So that's going to be power at a cost. You're going to get it and it's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart damn soon because it's only going to be for the next mission. So, um, okay. and, and here's, let me go ahead and do the look around. Uh, for what kind of happens with that. So, uh, basically, oh, this works really well. Okay, cool. So you you originally were all sitting, uh, like, kind of watching your mechs being built, and then uh, you... So Rico actually followed Kish as he went to go kiss the boots of, of Rex and the boys. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And uh, you, you... Rico probably goes back into the printing facility, um, probably sees, uh, probably sees Mumtaz in the corner, like, reading, uh, flipping through different, like, uh, his, his magazine. Right. No, exactly. no, it's not. Porn. It's porn. It's, it's, it's really, it's really weird porn you don't want to, you don't want to see. It's, it's really hot, though, and masculine, too. It's really masculine. You think, you think porn in 2020 is weird? Just wait. Just wait. So you come back in to the printing facility and you hear uh, over over near the printer, come to pack, uh, come come to check on her, huh? Don't worry, she'll be good as new. Hell, these mechs of yours practically build themselves. And you look over and it's Vonna Mayhew, the chief engineer. Uh, she kind of waves you over. Um, while the the mechs are actually being built, there is like a team of like engineers kind of like, checking on the printer, making sure it's okay, trying to cool it down as much as they can and everything. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's sweltering uh, because it's running far beyond its normal tolerances. And uh, with, the rain's really coming down hard now. So even going outside, it's like you're either soaked or you're hot and sweaty. It's, it's not really... There's no good options here. Uh, right. So... Maybe you come up to Vana and you start pitching some of the different like armor you can put on it, like saying like, "Hey, can we have like these different touches?" And maybe because of your background, she actually kind of she's like, "Oh, you know what you're talking about? You you design a lot of this yourself, huh?" Oh yeah, actually, you see that? Um, well, I, it's really it's that giant spike on the front. It's a it's a big pneumatic spike, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, that that two steps test goes right to the. Uh, had it actually er, earlier. I had it as a, and it, it like a pulse explosion thing. Didn't go very far. It was very high. Cool. Oh. 
Yeah, but that that's uh, a little little tinkering I've been doing. Yeah, she has her arms kind of crossed. Uh, crossed. She has. She's very well built, and she probably has like a jacket she's tied around her waist because of the heat and everything. And as you're mm -hmm. describing all this, she's like nodding along, and she goes, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, everything is just about done. Why don't we go make some tweaks to it?" And she actually yeah. goes and helps you, like as you're strapping on the armor and stuff like that. She's like helping you get it tightly on there as much as she can. So. Nice. Um, every once in a while, like as you're like tightening the armor on, uh, they probably put the mech closer to um, like one of the hangar doors as as you're kind of like tightening and stuff, and it's probably cooler there. And so every once in a while, Vana will kind of look up out, out at the city and goes, "Man, it's really hard to see it like this." Yep. It. You know, I'm not from here, so I don't really have a frame of reference. That's why I was trying to be empathetic. Oh, man. Well, hopefully this war doesn't last long because, gosh, this is this is not what this city is about. It's not supposed to be destroyed. It's well, they got a lot of... <laughs> only any city supposed to be destroyed, bro. Hey, let me have this moment. Let me... Yeah, let her have her feelings. <laughs> Let me tell you, Rico, there's yeah. a restaurant that we have here. There's a squid, actually, um, that's native here. Well, native as it could be after 500 years. Um, it's developed bioluminescence that actually glows at certain parts of the night. Oh, does it glow when you eat it? Yeah, actually, it's great. What they did was they built a restaurant with uh, it's clear, like a clear glass like bottom. So you can the squids will float up to the bottom of the restaurant while you're eating and uh, they'll glow. You can see the, them light up beneath you. Oh, that's awesome. We should go there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's still open. If it exists and all yeah. the squids have not been killed due to yeah. the vibration of the assault. Do you do you drink too? I'm drunk right now. Oh. Hey, hand one of those to me. What was that? A, another beer from his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> she. she just, he goes to the mech and he pulls one out. <laughs> don't don't tell anybody about this. My, my I, I I pulled out a I so because of what I had to do with my my changes and stuff. I have a personalization now. And that's my personalization. Yeah. yeah two extra. Yeah. Don't tell anybody about my stash, okay? Don't tell Don't worry. Secret's safe with me. By the way, I got a secret too. One of my favorite bars is a place called Grout. It, uh, well, I often go there when I'm not, you know, in uniform. And, Ooh. uh, and she, she gestures to her, like, uh, professional clothes, you know? And she, she goes, you know, it's just nice to relax when people aren't uh, putting on a pedestal, being chief engineer and everything. And uh... I bet. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the help on my armor. Yeah. And I'm glad. Should we play this game again? I will use you as a continued contact. Oh, great. Would love to. She like 
it, maybe you exchange information like the best way to communicate here on planet and stuff like that so my information from my eyeball and temporary eyeball implant oh <laughs> that's the, oh that's great oh never had that happen before to make the dial-up screech yeah please never do that again <laughs> it's incredibly invasive it's incredibly i'm having regrets <laughs> So perfect. Yeah, you get your you get your armored. Uh, what what was that reserve specifically called? Um, uh, the reserve is called armoring, and I get a plus one um, the start of combat. Yeah. With oh, and I start combat combat with plus five over shield. So there you go. She she kind of gives you some uh, LSA technology that's able to kind of put a little bit of an overshield up for that first battle. So. Right. It's plus one armor for the next mission, and um, I start the next combat with Overseer. Perfect. Okay. Chris, do you have an idea of what you want to do? Um, I think I would most likely, uh, so after using the majority of my repairs, yeah, uh, I would probably be uh, consulting the base mechanic on how to more like so I'm, I'm looking for like extra repairs which is just the equipment gear with just plus two repair cap yeah um and in this case i'm just trying to see if they have you know air quotes advice or whatever for for getting less the shit beat out of me yeah yeah so let's see here uh i guess we could do and that reserve is in the core rulebook right mm-hmm. okay is that do is that is that temporary at all or i mean so any any reserves okay yeah supplies that give next yeah yeah it's usually for like the course of the mission i think mm -hmm. what were you gonna say dalton i was just gonna say that like any any reserves are like used up like they don't it's not just, just like a permanent like he gets plus two repair cap forever right yeah uh we could do power at a cost again and then you could get that that uh, reserve if that sounds good with you. Certainly could. I'm trying to think. Um... Yeah, it's so like power at a cost. Name you like you name a reserve and get it. Um, get creative is a way to get reserves. Like you make some sort of creation. Mm -hmm. um, let's see here. Get focused is what Mike did, and that like adds skill triggers. Uh, yeah, yeah, organized. I'm thinking more like get creative, where I'm like just shooting the shit with like the local, like whoever, whoever, like the head engineer in the bases. Yeah. So I'm and like like fix it up. What, yeah, absolutely. What you're describing, Chris, kind of sounds like get connected. Mm. Uh, when you get connected, you make connections, call in favors, ask for help, or drum up support for a course of action. You can use your contacts, resources, or aid as reserves for the next mission. Mm-hmm. Cool. So in that case, yeah, I think at the very least, <clears throat> even if I, it's not something I'd get like right now, maybe it's something that like the someone that I can like plan for the next time we're back at Saber after we kind of do the next sortie. Yeah. Uh. So go ahead and make a roll then.
six. Okay. On a nine or less, your contact will help you, but you've got to do a favor and make good on a promise right now. If you don't, they won't help you. So here's what I like to think happens. Uh, so uh, this can kind of tie into looking around. So you're looking, so you're, you're, you're like going around, like you first go up to Vana and you're like, hey, I want to get like more supplies so I can do more repairs while out in the field and stuff like that. And she explains to you like, hey, th things are pretty tight with the printer right now. Um, wh why don't you go talk to some of uh, some of the soldiers over there? She she gestures to some of the other LSA soldiers uh, mixed in with the Union soldiers. Uh, and she goes, I I'm sure they might have some uh, parts scattered about or something like that, but I, I would double check with them first. So you kind of go over and approach this group. And you start to try to like maybe say like, hey, I'm looking for some more like equipment and stuff. And immediately, immediately, um, they they look over and they go, oh, hey, hey, Union pilot, come here. We need a partial third party for this. And uh, so you're gathered over <laughs> before you can even start talking to them about repairs and such like that. And it's it's a group of LSA soldiers and and Union soldiers like in a heated debate right now, uh, and they need your outside perspective to settle this dispute. And so you kind of come over to this like table, and splayed on this table are are pictures and a few few like of the little tablets with screens with videos playing. And as you start to look at it, you notice that it's an argument about whose partner is the cutest. So so yeah. So so uh, one LSA soldier comes in and goes, okay, okay, no, 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 but but Jenny here. She's so cute. Look at her. This is when we went to the beaches over there at, at uh, 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 Lanthia. It was beautiful. You could see the squids glow at night. Oh, look at her in that sundress. And, and then another uh, a Union soldier barks through and goes, no, nah, no, nah, my boy. Oh, look at him here. And shows like his, his boyfriend clearly. <laughs> uh, clearly, um, maybe a little bit too risque than, than what some of the other soldiers would be looking at and he goes, ah, see, that's cute right there. So, and uh, uh, another, but another girl comes in and goes, no, 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 looky here. And she shows her husband just like, kind of like in like, probably like a wedding photo and goes, look, see, uh, yeah, you know, obviously this is the happiest day of my life. Clearly this is the cutest. And so they're all, after they've all introduced their different partners, turn to you and, and look to you for judgment in this scenario. Hmm. Well then, uh... <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um, so I, I would be of more help, but uh, I'm actually, I'm only into cat girls. Uh, oh, you hear groans from everyone as they throw their hands up. Yeah, you know, it's 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 unfortunate, but just, you know, I, I can't judge cuteness outside of that. So, I mean, I know they, they seem all equally, equally cute and adorable, but uh, I just, I don't, I don't feel like I'm a, a good viable third party here. They all now, if you found me some, some spare parts and, uh, you know, mech supplies, I might be persuaded otherwise. They, they all kind of turn to each other and they go, you, You'll really decide if we can find some extra supplies? Oh, for sure. All right. 
well um and they all kind of like start thinking about what to ask of you and a union soldier goes up hey why don't you save captain bridges herself bridget ferris yeah so uh, that's who i need to go talk to no that's who you need to save that's what we're down here for Wait, am I am I missing something? No, no, no. They're making an a, a, uh, unreasonable <laughs> request right now. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I did that earlier. It's fine. Oh, really? We, we got that out of the way. Uh, took her up to the Rio Grande myself. <laughs> oh. Com comms are still blocked, right? They couldn't. They yeah. couldn't. <laughs> that's true. And it, uh, so. And get connected since you rolled nine or less. You just you've got to do do a favor or make good promise right yeah, now. Yeah. If you don't, they won't help you. So um, another one goes fine, fine. Look, um, there's some, you know, there's a triage station not too far from here. Can you just go and and do a few things over there and we'll uh, we'll find some supplies for you. Thank you, one hand. But I, I mean, I was, I was planning on picking the cutest partner. I was still, I was still gonna do that. Need to make sure everyone like shakes hands and agrees that like my arbitration is final first. You shake hands with like ten different people, <laughs> as they're all just like, yeah, 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 of course, of course, yeah, of course. Um, I, I like the fact that these ten random people were like, yo, who's the cutest? And the person they're willing to accept as the final decision has openly admitted I'm only into cat girls. Well, and yeah, they're like, this guy, guy, this guy will be a fair judge of him. And I will, yeah. Uh, yeah. because I scrounge up either ideally an actual dart or something akin to a dart. And then I just have them like hang up all their things on a wall, blindfold myself, and just chuck it at the wall. Whichever one it hits, that's, that's the one. It flies through the air. And, yeah. As soon as as soon as the dart hits, as all the pilots look eagerly to see like what it is, it turns out to be a picture of a dog, and they all are like looking around at each other, and then finally turn to the one person who's just like, "I, it's not my partner, but I think he's cute." The dog, dogs are cute. Yeah, I think the dog wins. They all <laughs> fair third party arbitration. They all look a little bit bit of, uh, amused but also a little bit upset that their partners were not chosen but suck, suck. Uh, they point you in the direction of the, the triad station and uh, as long as you do a few hours there and then come back they, they have those repairs for you so yep and I do actually have patch as one of my uh, triggers so great I am, I am medically practiced sort of <laughs> technically perfect not um, <laughs> yeah uh so um yeah as you walk in um you're immediately bombarded because uh a doctor yells at you i need two units o negative and you grab that pad and put pressure on the wound uh so she yells for the units at somebody else but as soon as you walk through the door they point at you for grabbing the pad and put pressure on that wound uh so the you are just gonna... pressure on the wound yeah wrapped you wrapped into uh this <laughs> this like triage kind of going on right now so why don't you go ahead and give me just like a normal roll and add your 
your skill to it or your trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think we've established before, but I, I have both patch and stay cool, yeah. but I can't do, it's, it's one or the other, right? Not both. Correct. Yeah. Can I get advantage for having a, a second one that specifically applies to the situation? <laughs> it's not a normal mechanic that I would say is, is advantage even in this game. Not for me. I mean, it would be in accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I rolled a five. Okay. D20 is not enjoying me tonight. But yeah, two. So you, you get seven. So, um, it so it's less of your skill set probably, and more so the fact that this is a chaotic makeshift triage. That that it's things are going like could be going better, right? Like yeah. Um. Because you find yourself in this makeshift triad station, just as a wounded soldier is hurriedly brought in, they're be bleeding badly, and medics are short in supply. So you're just in additional hands, applying pressure. Or maybe you're giving some advice as you're kind of doing it and fetching supplies. But uh, you know, it's it's less of your skill, and more so that you you're not properly equipped for this. Yeah, getting thrown, yeah, feet first into the deep end of the yeah. metaphorical triage pool. But after like a couple hours, uh, the pa the few patients that were brought in are stabilized, and you you're you kind of leave fulfilling your your promise to the group of soldiers. Uh, but and as you go back to the soldiers, you're like co you're covered in blood, <laughs> just because of you're holding down wounds and and stuff like that. But they see that you clearly were worked hard, and they have your two your two, plus two repairs ready for you to go. So, but yeah, cool. And from there, everybody has participated in downtime activity and the looking around. So um, that's that's it. From there, we we would probably have your pilots like go to rest, sleep, wake back up. You guys get your mechs, you get your full uh, your full repair done, um, and you probably get briefed for your next mission. Um, unfortunately, this is where we're ending our Lancer campaign because we have a couple more coming up like Dune, but. Um, I I really enjoyed Lancer. I, I really think that we can uh, do this, pick up this campaign in the future, or or do something, just do more Lancer in the future. But um, yeah, for the most part, uh, if we want to kind of talk about some of our experiences, we're gonna have a full campaign discussion next week uh, during our normal time for about an hour, just to kind of discuss the the our campaign thoughts as a whole. But um, do you guys have any questions about downtime specifically or how that kind of worked? No, I mean, I think I get it. Yeah, this isn't really a question as much of a statement. It's weird. Not weird. Not weird in a bad way. Yeah, it's different compared to again, like D&D &D is kind of like the baseline. Yeah, of where I go into town and I talk to the villagers and I find out what I find out. And that's kind of just like I might have a goal of like, I want to learn about this thing. Yeah. But I have absolutely I mean, I have a guess that, you know, maybe the blacksmith knows about it. But other than that, you're just like shooting fish in a barrel kind of thing of like, I'm just going to see what what I find. Yeah. It's interesting that this downtime with the like reserves is specifically like I want to do this thing and there will be like a mechanic to to get it. Yeah. That 
it's something that's lacking in D and D, right? Like they they had to bring out some extra stuff in Xanthar's to kind of like add that in, right? So downtime activity yeah. really programmed into the game. It seems like but. I think it feels like Lancer in general is more like on rails, and I, I think they they obviously give you tools to kind of you know go outside those rails and stuff. But I do I do think that like one of the, the big fun points of D&D and like more freeform kind of uh, tabletop role playing games is <laughs> just like the wacky shenanigans and like things that kind of lead from that more open ended just kind of like figuring stuff out um, and then you know doing things that lead to unintended consequences that lead to new events that kind of tie back into the story etc. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely I definitely like that I agree with that and that all of these reserves, none of them are just like hang out or like vibe. They're all. Yeah, they're all. (laughs) But even that one, like it has specific, um, not rewards per se, but it's like you still roll a die and it's still like you gain a good reputation, a friend or connection, a useful. Like there's still mechanics like tied to it. Yeah. It's not like I just want to I just want to go to a bar and just like de-stress and that's it. There's still a role. There's still like a mechanic. I still gain something. I still might lose something. It's just, there, there isn't an option of just like, I just want to hang out. Like it all has a specific action oriented to it. Yeah. The idea that you just fail at drinking. <laughs> You're just like, whoops, well, I guess I, I just. Well, it's not that you fail at drinking. Like, I, the number of times I have blacked out, like, not on purpose is close to zero. It's not zero, but it's close to zero. Um, whereas, like, Lancer, Lancer, uh, yeah, no, I would never partake of alcohol. Um, but, like, so, like, Lancer, for example, like a one to, I think it's like a one to nine or something on drinking, you lose your dignity all of your possessions or your memory like that's a 50 percent chance that you just like oh you lose two of them wind up in a gutter of them. yeah oh with only one remaining oh yeah okay yep yeah so like 50 50 like I, I go out drinking water on, on a pretty good number of occasions and it's not a 50 50 shot of whether or not i wind up in a gutter but chris well, you're not you're not drinking yeah this is one military drinking and two far future space alcohol. I'll have you know, I will down a quarter of a bottle of 151 on some occasions. And so it, we probably uh, got, we probably managed to get over 100% out ABV in some of this stuff. We've yeah, like broken the laws of physics. We invented like we couldn't over 100 BAC, what's your point? They've, they've <laughs> liquefied meth. That's what <laughs> we're doing. Yeah. It's not alcohol anymore, it's just, just Plus, like, who cares about who cares about my possessions? I'll just print more. <laughs> Can you print more dignity? Yeah. It. Yeah. It's just weird that all of them have a specific. And like, I I wanted to just like not do a whole lot on mine. And the best I could do was still gain plus two to a new skill. Will I use gardening? I mean, if we continue the campaign. Probably not, but I still like I still have it. I wasn't allowed to just like read in peace. <laughs> I I do like the idea of like having a, like a battle mech. We have like a little like 
uh, like planter on like the back of it or something. Oh, <laughs> like little, yeah. Yeah, little I'm growing herbs in my cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, that is that's Lancer in a nutshell because we did we did a full first mission, downtime activities, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, yeah. like we were saying before, it's definitely more of like a on rails thing. The downtime activities, that was pretty free flowing. They didn't really tell me how I should go about that. They just kind of gave a list of reserves. Uh, it, they well, they do the introduction, the thing that I read to you guys last last week. Um, they kind of talk, they give me some stuff that's happening in the base. They give the exotic gear, but for the most part, it just goes straight into like the looking around and it just says, uh, they have opportunity to explore forward operation base saber, uh, and participate in one downtime activity each. Uh, downtime activities are always for PCs to, uh, to begin long-term projects and acquire reserves. Uh, and then it just says like, basically, uh, you it just gives the different encounters that could happen which I had each of you kind of have happen as you're doing stuff on base um, and each of them like you could roll a d20 there's 10 different ones you could roll a d20 and get one of them just like how it is set up for the reserves I shared with all of you guys that also says to like share everything else is kind of like on me just to kind of make stuff up or uh, just yeah off the top of my head but uh, mm -hmm. yeah so I think it does a good job at kind of like encouraging structured, like the structured role play, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely more of a board game, but there's a fair amount of role play elements that you can have. It's just not every section really like, uh, like D and D or something like that, or certainly, you know, really a lot of the other games that we've played so far. Mm -hmm. Um, fun board game though. Yeah. super fun board game and what's nice is you can kind of um you can adjust the time you know so this was maybe like so we we really kind of took our time with this getting to know this system and stuff like that um but i think you could probably do like a one shot where you just did you know that kind of uh a combat yeah yeah it's just like one combat and then you could do something like double your damage or something like that to make sure it goes super fast, mm -hmm. um, or just stick to the one combat. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you kind of like reframe it a little bit, um, and like how we interacted with the game was a short mission where we were just trying to get to a base in a day. Uh, if we were to part go on some mission that maybe was like a long campaign, like uh, that took a week or a month. Um, you would do like smaller combats more frequently with more role playing in between, um, like more story beats in between a lot more combats. And that would allow for a more narrative type of game. Um, mm -hmm. like I wouldn't really say, I wouldn't really hold it against this game that the adventure we played was less narrative heavily, heavily because that's like, uh, that's how we interacted with these rules in this instance. I think that there's definitely still space for all of that type of like role playing and adventure and shenanigans. Um, it's just, we interacted with it in the context of a starter set type mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, trying yeah, to think absolutely. of like D&D &D 5e Tomb of Annihilation, like that's a hex crawl. I'm trying to think of how this game would change if you gave it more of like 
again, not compared to this starter campaign, but it's just like you're going to an alien world and you have to survive a week, a month, or you have to go from this base to this other base and they're mm -hmm. 100 miles apart and you just have to walk there in your mech. Like, yeah, how different the game would be if it was here's two combats. Mm -hmm. You're done. Yeah. Even if we played the, the next combat, just like how different the game would feel now that we know what we're doing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, and it, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I appreciate the quick context in this time because it gave me like, I wasn't worried about blowing all of my abilities and like using everything, but it would definitely change like how I think about using resources and like using repairs and like limited abilities and stuff. It'd be it'd be an interesting thing to think about. Um, yeah. I mean, like the, the idea of a hex of a hex crawl type version of this game is kind of interesting. Um, it's pretty cool because on page 45, making skill checks, it does talk about like um, like on the uh, on page 45 on the right side, second paragraph, uh, skill checks can cover activities as broad or specific as the narrative requires. For example, a skill check might cover an entire day's worth of infiltration into a covert facility, or you might instead roll for individual movements of action, sneaking into vents, hacking doors, disabling guards, and so on. So um, I think that it's really cool that they kind of have it built in, that they're like, you can change the scope as much as you kind of want. If you want it to be like, it, it always describes like, the skill sh uh, check should like, represent the amount of work that's being put in like if one skill check is for several months of work it should still reflect that kind of work that you're still putting in to it and whether or not you're like not necessarily oh you just don't do anything over three months it's like no no you were doing stuff but here's how much you're able to accomplish so which is cool i also think we knew going into this like there were three combats and we didn't do the middle one I also think it'd be interesting not knowing like D&D. I don't know. I know what the final boss battle is, but like outside of that, I don't know how long a dungeon is. I don't know how many rooms or bad guys there are. So you have to like strategically think about spending your resources versus this one. We get into the third combat. We knew it was the last one. Like, fuck it. Using my core power immediately because I, I got to use it. Mm -hmm. And just like yeah. all of the stuff that we didn't use the first combat, we're like time time to use it because literally I can't ever after this. So, um, and I did think of this one thing we didn't get into because I thought of this when you mentioned infiltration. We yeah. didn't get into like um like human combat or like human uh, pilot combat. Yeah, pilot. Oh yeah. Well, maybe not even like combat, but just like human roles outside of i mean we just did like the downtime but we didn't we play did a little character. bit with like the um i the guess yeah. yeah 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 i know what you mean yeah and that could really change a lot of the in between of the game and such outside of my combat so yeah yeah i had a lot of fun with it um super neat uh very evocative um world building wise and art wise and rules wise it all makes me want to think about it more and interact with it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely give this a thumbs up in a wreck. Um, lots of fun. If you get the opportunity to play, you definitely should. It's a lot of fun. 
Definitely. Yeah. I also, I spent a ton of time like theory crafting builds and stuff. So I think like, I think the first couple license levels are kind of less interesting because you're so limited, I think, on options. But I think later license levels, once you open up, you can like kind of start customizing your mech a lot more and mm -hmm. the other builds and stuff is where it probably gets a lot more interesting too, even as just a board game component. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even just license level two, there's a lot to think about. Hmm. Thinking about the, I mean, our, our viewers don't know who Reiko is, but some of, I mean, I think at least Spencer Dalton do. I think this game is interesting thinking about how Reiko would play it with the the concept of min-maxing. Like D&D, &D, it, it, you can min-max, everyone knows it. Some people try, some people don't, but it's somewhat hard in that, like, if I'm this subclass, these are the, these are the abilities I get. I think the concept of min-maxing in Lancer would be interesting because of the fact that I can take any path I want and I can respec that path at any given time. So maybe with just like license level one, this is the best rifle I can get. But with license level two in a different mech, maybe it has a better rifle. So I go with, you know, class A for now. But then I go double up on class two the next time because with the whole min-maxing thing is you can just constantly change it. Yeah. It's so it, it's pretty neat because like you're saying, because there's that customization in between missions, like you would get your next mission the next day. And this is a lot more clear because you kind of went in blind to that your first mission. But it does actually, and this is supposed to be the case most of the time, you get a lot more information based on like what you've been fighting and be on the ground now. Like basically the mission parameters, uh, your, so your main mission for number two is basically to take out the jamming communication uh, put up by the Vestan Sovereignty, right? Um, and it's, it says the existence of the jamming network also indicates that the sovereignty forces have significant electronic warfare assets at their disposal. Anticipate systematic invasion and localized sensor jamming slash optical camouflage equivalent capabilities. So it get it right there. It tells you, hey, these are the types of enemies on the horizon. So and like even that adds another opportunity for uh, roleplay, like the preparation phase of the like gameplay loop, um, that we didn't really like have an opportunity to interact with. Like you get your mission, and then there's a step where we know the mission, but we haven't gone on it, and we can interact with each other and plan. And like, well, you could do that fully out of character and discuss. Like, I'm bringing this equipment. I'm bringing this equipment. My my build is gonna look like this. Your build is gonna look like that. That's an opportunity to play out in character, um, having those discussions. Um, because whether they're like me, Dalton, asking Nye what kind of stuff he's going to put on, Backfire could also be asking Mothman that same question, and it'd still kind of play out almost the same. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like be an opportunity to do more role playing. That's also interesting to me, and something I didn't think about is like, Again, D&D, &D, like I'm a paladin. I, I'm the healer and I smite and like I am the marshal of the party. And that's like my role throughout this entire campaign. Dalton and I could just like, I want to, you know, Dalton, I want to be close combat this mission. 
just like we could just switch and there's absolutely no restriction for that it's also interesting in that like actually wasn't here tonight let's say we had a new mission you know she's one of our support people theoretically if we had two like both dalton and uh Justin are pretty close combat, but if we decided we only needed one close combat, but we really needed a support, one of them could just like switch into the thing that we don't have, which is mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Not bad, not good. It's just like very different from other yeah. RPGs I get that I called off to a different mission, so she can't join you that mission. So then yeah. somebody has to take over her role. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of lot of cool stuff. Um, we'll, we're still gonna have uh, our post campaign discussion where we could probably go into more detail about like this game as a whole and everything next week. But um, uh, thank you for tuning in today. I think we have a list of attributions to do, right, Dalton? Yep. Yeah. Um, I gotta tell you, give me more like thirty second. Like no, hold up right now. Eight Talk seconds up. to do this. While, while you're doing you're, that, you're fired. Um, hey there, everyone. We're going to have our post campaign discussion next week. We'll just we're basically just going to be giving like our full thoughts on like the campaign. You heard a little bit right now here at the end, uh, kind of like uh, some general thoughts of just us discussing, but more more so about our, our rankings and such. I, I think, Justin, you definitely want to give your recommendation because I don't think you're going to be here next week, uh, just like Chris as well. Right. So yeah. the, both of you guys want to kind of give your your thoughts on that and everything. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, on the horizon, uh, in March, we're going to be doing the Dune tabletop role-playing game made by Modifius using their 2D20 system. So, uh, tune in for that because it's going to be tons of fun. Yeah. All right. When the Dune. Cool. Well, uh... <laughs> thanks to everybody at massive press for uh lance for the game we just played uh thank you to john arena and the rest of the team that made CompCon. uh thanks to nasa for our picture of space in the background thanks to ds technician for desolate world the little uh background song you can hear thanks to roll 20 for the virtual tabletop that we used and did a very good job just displaying a picture for us today uh Thanks to Hero Forge for all the miniature art of people you can see and to Retroid Minis for the pixel art of all the mechs that you can see. Um, if any of this is like interesting to you, you can find um, the, like you can purchase the main rules for Lancer on Massive's itch.io page. And they are slowly gearing towards their the second printing of physical copies of the core rulebook. It's been out of print for a while, um, but later this year you should be able to get physical copies of the book either from from Massive Press directly or at uh, whatever local game stores and probably some other places that you shouldn't be spending yeah. your money at. <laughs> I want a copy. Yep, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be buying a copy. I'm sad that I missed out on the original Kickstarter. But now it's revised. I'm just kidding. Second yeah. printing. Cool. Well, yeah, but it's the collector's edition to get the first one with all the typos. It's true. I did. Someone was trying to sell their their first edition printing on the subreddit the other day. I didn't look at what they were trying to sell it for, but they were like, I'm selling it on eBay, guys. 
right, cool. Oh. Well, like Spencer said, uh, you can find us here next week to talk about all of our our feelings and opinions about the game. And soon after that, um, some of us will be playing Dune. So make sure you catch up on the lore, learn about what space worms are and stuff. Nope, coming to blind. You don't need you don't need to know the, the how many oh books, books are in the Dune series. There's yeah, three. there's three Dune books and there's no more. <laughs> no, there's like there, there's way more than three. There's three books and that's it. I have spoken. I have. It, it has been yeah. said. Yeah, don't don't come unless you know all all of Dune lore. All. Right. Honestly, there's honestly, six. you guys just need to watch the David Lynch then you'll be fine. Well, you, make it. you you need to make sure you know the extended lore out past. Um, even like the first book, because uh, that's just one. That's just one guy. It goes way further for another guy, and then like thousands of years of content that you need to. Dune familiar. RPG. It, it takes place. It's it's all Dune Book One setting. So it's just it's like an alternate what if scenario. There's there's twenty prequel books that you need to brush up on because those are important. <laughs> all required to this game. Yep. We all did the reading. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. I know my character's running around in the bikini the whole time. Yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, we don't I mean, it's, pr it's pretty much a beach, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. no, yep. no, no water. No water there. Yep. There's sand. I said pretty much a beach, yeah. Pretty much beach. You have of two things you'll find at a beach. <laughs> With spice. Is this a really big beach? The water's over the horizon. It's underground. It's uh, the, the water's underground. You have to find it. Right, right. Muhadib. Uh, anyways, um, uh, let's let's sign off from there. Thank you so much for watching. Please keep on learning, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>